gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll be found on the mountain. Time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnuminium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, Curly just dives in. Greetings and good Friday morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Code, the barndominiumcode.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. You heard that correct, even in this crazy world. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee, they're ready to make your dreams come true. The Barndominium Co. Com. We, of course, are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Chicken Cock is some of the finest bourbon out there. I've got some ready to go for tomorrow. We hope you do, too. Cheers this holiday season from Chicken Cock. JC, JB, and Phil are here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Michael Flint will be joining us coming up in hour number two as well. And we are looking forward to looking at, for the first time ever, the Gamecocks and the Gamecocks tomorrow at noon on ESPNU from Williams-Brice Stadium. Our version of the Gamecocks, South Carolina, is trying to go 4-0 and in November to get to a bowl. There's been a lot of talk about that because of what lies ahead on the schedule. Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and the Clemson Tigers, who are having a down year. And I'll give you some stats in just a little while that maybe will give some optimism as to why Carolina can achieve that 4-0 record that we all have been discussing over the last week or so. Uh, we will get well into this game. We'll take a drive around the SEC. We'll make lots and lots of picks today. It is a weekend that will shape a lot in college football. There are a lot of division battles and conference battles that will start to kind of go one way or another after this weekend, and we'll kind of give you some of the tidbits, tidbits on all of that. As well, of course, we're not too far away from the start of basketball season. A reminder that on Monday at 1 o'clock, it's the Gamecock women and Notre Dame 10-6 matchup on ESPN. They will tip that game off while we're still on the air, and we are looking forward to that as well. But it is a football Friday. Most importantly, I would say, as it pertains to today, good luck to all the high school players that will run out there tonight in their playoff games. There's a lot of, there are going to be a lot of tears tonight 
as there always are during the high school football playoffs because that's the last game many of these young men will get to suit up and play football and go on with their lives. Uh, so best of luck to all of those who will be playing. Uh, those who don't get to play after tonight, I sure hope you're proud of yourself. Those that do, go win a state championship from us here at Inside the Gamecocks, the show. With that, good morning, my friends. Yeah, you're going to me tear up. Yeah, I you know, like, thinking about that Friday night lights. I'm thinking Kenny, Kenny is in my head. It smell that fresh cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleat and shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Nah, my Burns Rebels play my other team, the Dorman Cavaliers, tonight. My, most of my family went and I actually attended Dorman for a semester, but uh, always hope the Burns Rebels come out on top. Uh, a lot of other good matchups across the state. Uh, really, really a, a good uh, a good slate of games uh, in the playoffs. So uh, good luck to everybody out there. Hope uh, Looking forward to seeing who wins it this year because it's uh, in 5A especially, it's sort of wide open. You know, they're, 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 the, the Dutch Fork dynasty sort of is not what it was. So, uh, hey, anybody's it's anybody's game. So, uh, be, get fired up. And, and like you said, in the sport of football, Jamie, <clears throat> you know, other sports, you can literally play them throughout your lives. Uh, you know, I don't know about soccer and rugby. I do know they have adult soccer leagues and rugby leagues and stuff. But like tennis, golf, baseball, you can go play church softball, man. And those get intense, as we all know. I'm glad you don't play church softball, Jamie, because I'd, I'd be worried about you. You're no. such a such a competitor, dude. <laughs> it would it would it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't end well for some catcher if, if, if Jamie I, was out there. When I moved back here, when I moved back home, I did play softball for I think four seasons with a bunch of guys that I played with at Wando, mm. and and it was not, nothing against them. I love those guys; they're they're my friends forever. But I just I. I yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you could play what, basketball. M- Mike Morgan still plays on a basketball team to this day. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you could play competitive basketball as you get older. The Fat Man's Lunch League, you know, probably I probably should go join one. But uh, football is not something that the football something that always gets taken away at some point. You, you, you run out, whether it's NFL, high school, junior high. Uh, and my dad told me one time, he said, you'll always, always remember the last time you put on the pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sure do. All right, don't make me. I told you, you're making me choked up, man. Because I that's love this. right. Yeah, uh, this game. This, this game has been good to me in my life. You know, so, right? Uh, even mm-hmm. beyond after playing and stuff, but you, you do. You always remember it that, that last time, and uh, I do to this day. So, good luck to everybody out there. Uh, love South Carolina high school football. Grew up on it. Uh, there's not a state in the country that I keep up with as much as I keep up with the schools back in the Palmetto State. So uh, good luck. Bon voyage. Uh, and that's not a reference to the women's basketball team. But uh, hope uh, hope everybody out there stays healthy and, and has a good, uh, a good run at it. And on that, by the way, hats off to Coach Spurrier, who, of course, is now in Columbia. He arrived last night. He'll be there throughout the weekend. But he – uh, the other day was asked about high school football in this state and just how good that era was when all those great players came along that the Gamecocks were able to do so much with. We know who he's talking about, Alshon, Stefan. Of course, he mentioned everybody, and then he goes, oh, Alshon, I almost forgot about him. Um, but, you know, he ran off that whole that whole group, and uh, the reporter who was interviewing him asked him, he said, well, that was just a really good time in high school football in South Carolina, wasn't it? And he said, to his credit, no, South Carolina high school football is always good. There's always players. It's not a big state, 
but there's always players in this state. And uh, so I appreciate Coach Spurrier standing up for the Palmetto State. Uh, still to this day, he's recruited it for – well, he did recruit it for about 30 years, I guess. And um, and so good luck to all those kids tonight. That's going to be – that is going to be really neat. You can follow along on the Chief Sports app uh, once those games kick off at 7 p.m. If you'd like to keep up with the scores all over the place, just make sure you pull up our app. And uh, while you're sipping on some chicken cock, maybe watching some Friday night football, you'll be able to uh, – to follow your teams if you're not going to be in attendance and here's the good news if you're in attendance as long as the uh ballpark that you're in has cell phone service you can also pull up the chief sports app it really is that simple we've we've done everything we can phil uh but um it is friday there is football on tonight boston college and syracuse at the college level Whew. Syracuse is a favorite in the game, although they haven't won a game this year in the league. They're 0-4. And then the war on I-4, Colorado State and Wyoming, 8 o'clock tonight on the CBS Sports Network. Go Cowboys. If they win, they're in a bowl game. Is war it, Memorial Stadium will be rocking. Is that I-4? Yeah, the war on I-4. I thought the war on mm-hmm. I-4 was UCF no, that's and a, USF. No, war on, the war on, uh, that's, yeah, that's in Florida. Is, it, is the, it a U.S. highway? Yeah, seventy-five. It's um, What's up? the the war at the war or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Oh, the, okay. Yeah, that's, that's cool. The war at war. I learned war. something. I mean, I, I had no idea Laramie was that. I guess I need to look at a dagger map out there because I had no idea Laramie was that close to Fort Collins. I, I've been up toward Fort Collins before. Um, God, I wouldn't see it three-star offensive lineman two hours from Denver. But, uh, yeah, I had no idea. Uh, and, I, and that trip, too, I had some time. I probably should have maybe rolled over to Wyoming and gone and check. Uh, that would have been a state I could have checked off because I've never been there. So, yeah, it I'm, is. I'm uh, kicking myself for that. It's only about 60 miles away. It's, it's wow. literally um, literally right down uh, – Right down, I think I said 75. 25 is from uh, Denver up to to Cheyenne. The road from Laramie to Fort Collins is 287, I think. Um, It is a neat drive. And, yeah, if you're ever out there, there's a lot of neat stuff. There's a reservoir right outside of Fort Collins where my father-in-law kind of takes us sometimes and things like that. So sweet. Um, it is, uh, it's really, really close, and there's always a lot of fans that make the trip. And um, I'd yeah. love to see that one year if I could. Maybe if we can catch it on an off weekend or yeah. something for the Gamecocks. Go Cowboys. Fly out and stay with my family. My, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely pull for Wyoming in, in that situation. Don't hate Colorado State, but uh, – Really, since we've been doing the show, I'm a closet uh, Wyoming fan now. Well, tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow at noon, everybody's pulling for the Gamecocks in Williams-Brace Stadium. There's just two sets of them for the first time in the history of college football. Seven and two, five and one in Conference USA. Jacksonville State will walk in looking to pull off a Power 5 upset since the Last time they played a Power 5 team, that was Florida State in 2021. They rolled right into Tallahassee and beat them 20-17. to 17. Here they are just a couple years later looking to do the same thing, guys. The Gamecocks sport a 2-6 and six record, 1-5 in the Southeastern Conference, and it'll be in front of hopefully 77,559 tomorrow at Willie B. On TV, Brian Custer, Rod Gilmore, and Lauren Sissler will have the call. Lauren is fantastic at what she does, and she also dances on the sidelines, and it's pretty neat to see. 
I, I don't get off on bashing people who call games much, but I'll just say this. Brian Custer last week couldn't figure out if he was calling Oregon or Oregon State throughout the day, so I can only imagine what two sets of Gamecocks are going to do to him uh, tomorrow. You might want to cut on Todd, Tommy, and Chet Tucker if you're interested in watching <laughs> the game on TV and maybe trying to pair it with radio. Uh, uh, 158 or 201 on Sirius XM. And a South Carolina win over Jacksonville State would improve them to 42-14 and 14 in their last 56 non-conference games. Also 38-6 and six in their last 44 games at home against non-conference foes. And it would make Carolina 54-4 and four against teams not currently in a Power 5 conference since 2000. The injury report, getting better, isn't it, guys? Last night, Shane Beamer said both Cason Henry and Vershawn Lee, they will play tomorrow, J.C., uh, Trey Knox is still questionable. Trey Jones is out. Juice Wells is out. And uh, it does appear that Xavier Leggett, uh, Marion Brown, and Mario Anderson are all good to go. Uh, Anderson is the healthiest of those three. But Leggett and Brown will play as well. But it appears, it appears, and I'll let you fill in the gaps here, my man, that South Carolina feels like they've got their tackles back in both Vershawn and Kaysen. If they can kind of get them up to speed, with the stretch run coming here in November? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer there is because, I mean, do you, if Sean's ready, uh, you know, and Shane did say Kaysen's battling big tree. Uh, so how healthy is tree right now would be another question. I know he's been banged up and was kind of forced into action um, last week, you know, because of another injury. <laughs> Trey Jones, I think, went down. But uh, you know, so, so who's the healthiest? What do you do? Do you do you it, 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 eventually do you have Kaysen at right tackle and Big Tree at left, which I think would probably be their best lineup? Uh, and then Lee goes back to center, Gargiulo goes back to guard, and then you have Ball at the other guard. That probably, to me, if everybody's healthy, would be their best lineup. Uh, if not, you know, let's say Big Tree really is kind of about 70, 60%, then I think you go tackles. Lee stays at tackle because I thought, uh, yeah, Rashawn Lee's probably the most complete best offensive lineman on the team right now. Uh, he's very athletic. You know, in college, you can get by with a, a guy of his build at tackle pretty easily. Um, uh, you know, I thought, I thought during the Florida game, I was like, wow, problems are solved. You know, <laughs> here we go. Is the line the line is holding up and Vershawn's out there. And that's kind of been somebody told me that that was on the table in August that Vershawn could end up being a starting tackle. Uh, so I think it's just all about like as this evolves, who's the healthiest? What um, you know, what are what's the deal? You know, and uh and and how can you know how how, how can you put all that together as, as the best lineup, you know, not just this weekend, but maybe the next. So I, I thought it was just interesting. You know, Kaysen's hadn't played since the first game. So my guess is maybe ease him back in, sure. you know, and if he's good enough to start and go the distance, yeah, you because know, you don't sub on the O-line that much. And hopefully it's just a big win, you know, on Saturday and, and everybody plays and everybody's happy. So we'll see. At what least, happens. I mean, the, I guess the the good news here is they've got options. You know, you're you're not scrounging around trying to figure out what to do. I mean, you you've got guys who these are your tackles. You know, they're they're going to Vershawn is going to play tackle. It seems now moving forward, right, JC? 
Casey Henry's a tackle. Big Tree's a tackle. So these guys are, you know, that's – they have tackles, they have guards, and they've got their center. Uh, and if something happens to Nick, then they have another center in Vershawn, and they still have two tackles. So they, so they're, they're kind of getting back to where they've got options. Yeah, and that's that's been a big issue this year, obviously. I mean, you just start thinking about it, man. And, you know, not only have they played the toughest schedule in the country by far, uh, any 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 offense that has that kind of revolving door, I mean, you know, people that want to get on Dowell Loggins, I, I, I go back and look when Steve Spurrier had a bad offensive line. I mean, same type of results. You cannot function that way, uh, especially on the road, against defensive lines like Texas A&M and Missouri and Tennessee. Uh, I, I think that a lot of times uh, as fans and analysts, we sit here and, and we cling to the preseason predictions and we cling to what we think. Oh, Tennessee's defense isn't that good. Well, guess what? Tennessee's defense is probably better than Tennessee's offense this year, especially up front. So that's mission impossible. You know about Georgia's front. Missouri's front is insane. And depth and 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 death wise, that, that that just goes to show you sometimes, man. Evaluations uh, are important because there's not a kid on that D line that was you know rated five stars or, or whatever at Missouri, but they got waves of them. They got waves of them, you know. And we know about A and M; those are the five star guys, and, and they've got waves of them to there too. So it's 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 hard to function. I mean, it's a minor miracle. South Carolina averaged about 40 points a game against Mississippi State and Florida at home. Um, and I think a lot of that is operationally, and when you have young players, uh, the crowd noise, it's easier to communicate because the crowd noise isn't there. Um, you know, and, and you don't make as many mistakes. And people say, people kind of, I think, in our minds, and, I, and I'm saying ours because I'm guilty of the same thing, like uh, getting getting very negative and <laughs> blaming it, why aren't you playing better? Well, it's not just – people think mistakes. They think, well, jumping off sides, false starts, things like that. And that, that does happen. But it's also assignment errors because, you know, Spencer's going to the line. If he changes the play, that changes the blocking. And if you don't get the signal, and young players sometimes are not comfortable with it, and if they can't hear, you know, you don't get the signal, your chances of making a mistake go up, and that can blow up the whole play. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I think there's, there's reason beyond getting healthy to, to be – you know, to have a more optimistic outlook about these last four games simply because they're at home and you got a lot of young players out there. And, uh, man, and, and I'll say I'll add one more thing about Casey Henry. He's mean as a snake. He's mean as a snake. Like a, like, like a guarded like, snake like, or a rattlesnake? No, like a rattlesnake, a daggum pit viper. This, this, this kid, you want an old throwback, tough as nails, will beat you in the nose and – yeah, put his face in the fan and like it. You, you want you want somebody that's man enough. That's Case and Henry, and and I've been telling people that because that's what I've heard. Never everybody in the program, you know, has told me that. And I hated it that he uh, that he got hurt at first play against North Carolina because I was looking forward to seeing him whip some ass. I mean, he is a he is he's a stone cold Steve Austin type. I'm gonna beat you down type of guy. He's extremely physical, extremely. Uh, so I think guys are, and I think um, as long as he can get his way, get back and all that, I think I think I think everybody's going to enjoy watching him play. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of this year, but in time, look out for Case and Henry. I know Carolina's recruiting really well. The future's bright on the O line. A big tree's a really promising, uh, elite type guy, but but don't uh, don't count mean as a snake, man enough, Case and Henry out moving forward. Uh, and I, I'm excited to see him play.
the pride of Walton High School in Marietta, Georgia, Case and Henry, another young man the Gamecocks have recruited from uh, Walton well, High School. They've home of, of home of one George Mangus. That's right. He, he played. A, he's a Walton guy, and uh, I think DJ Smith, and then I think Wendell. Isn't Wendell Gregory's from? Is he from Walton? Uh, there's a. I don't know, but there's a linebacker. There was a. There, we've had another linebacker before who's from Walton, and I can't remember who it was. But I'll oh, go back Mar- and look. Oh no, yeah, well, Marquise Roberts was from and Roy Anderson was from McEachern. Uh I'm, I'm trying to think. There was a one from. There was one from Walton, and there was Jonathan Walton too, but he was from Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, he wasn't. But from uh, Gregory but, is but from I, Walton. Yeah, I knew it was Marietta somewhere. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was Marietta High School, but yeah. So. The Gamecock pipeline to Walton. How about that? The, the the ghost of Mangus lives. Yeah, a lot of great players have have come out of that area yeah, yeah, uh, over the years. It is eleven twenty one. We need to step aside, but um, JC did hint around some things that will be topics of conversation today on our program, including who has South Carolina actually played this year, and who are they still supposed? Who are they still playing? And how has Rattler performed against all of these teams? Road, defenses, home, defenses, all that type stuff. We've got it all broken down, and we'll make sure that we pass it along here on our program. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. It's the holiday season. If you're looking for that big special – everybody's getting them now. If you're looking for the big special gift, either for the, your kids or your wife or your or your husband or whomever it may be, this is a great big time gift. Electricbikescharleston.com. Trust me, just go look at the inventory online. You do not have to be in the low country to deal with Michelle and them. They'll figure it out. Uh, people come from everywhere. And when you're buying something that's worth some money, it's probably best to buy from the best. You know what I'm saying? Warranties, service, that type stuff. Electricbikescharleston.com. Hang tight. Plenty to go and to get to here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Down here in the South. We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, 
third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Sinorama, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. Matt Vaughn and his team right there in West Columbia. Not far from Williams Bryce. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue invites you to the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party. It will be the party of the year. Black Friday night. That would be November the 24th before Carolina and Clemson play. That's Saturday at williams Bryce. It begins at 7 o'clock. You can buy tickets right now. It's very easy to buy tickets. Pull up the Chief Sports app and click the party button. It'll come right up. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Uh, Too Much Sylvia will be playing. It is a wonderful band from the Midlands. If you've never seen them or heard them, they're awesome. And, of course, Billy G will have their delicious Carolina barbecue. They'll have heavy or duvres for those who've never seen Four Christmases. I know it's hors d'oeuvres. And they will have a couple of drink tickets that's included in that $50 price. And get ready for this, JC. Mr. Bill sent me an email this morning. And he's 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 throwing he's throwing it all in. You ready for this? Uh oh. All right. All right. When you when you get there, you're gonna have a chance. They're gonna do a bunch of giveaways. All right. So here's what you can win while you're partying, drinking, hopefully getting prepared for the Gamecocks to go bowling, you'll have a chance to win a whole hickory-smoked beef brisket. Whoa. Mm-hmm. A pulled pork barbecue. 
like for your family or whatever. A barbecue family, family uh, size. Pulled pork barbecue. Yep. A barbecue. <laughs> Phil, Phil knows about that. A yes. barbecue buffet dinner for six. Jesus. A tray of smoked mac and cheese. Billy G's Carolina barbecue sweet heat sauce. The Carolina bold mustard sauce. And the secret spice rub. Like, you know, they do the three pack. And they're even going to end up. He hasn't decided on the rest. But you'll be able to win all of those things while you're there. You'll be eating. You'll be drinking. You'll be dancing. You'll be having fun. And a lot of the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds, will benefit Camp Cole, too. It's their favorite organization to support. So make sure if you have the Chief Sports app, you just pull it up. Quick party. This this is going to sell out. It's at the Rockbridge Club in Columbia on Rockbridge Road, out there, uh, like Forest Acres area. It will sell out. So go ahead and buy your tickets. They're only 50 bucks. It's a steal. It's a steal. And we can't wait to be there. Billy G's Barbecue inviting you to the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party the night before Clemson, Carolina. Austin says he's taking home a whole brisket. Should be a fun ride home. You got that right. <laughs> Woo! You got that yeah. right. I, I, Billy G's sauce. I mean, the sweet heat is So I learned unreal. something. He told me to do it, and, and I did it, and he nailed it. His, so his seasoning can go on everything. I figured that out. I put it on Look. broccoli. I put it on everything. <laughs> All right. I put it on shrimp. Now, I, I get good shrimp now because we're here in the low country. We don't get that mm-hmm. frozen crap from China. Uh, holy, it changed the game. It was fantastic. I mean, the rub was, the, the rub on shrimp is good. Fantastic. I, you got to get big shrimp. I mean, see, I can, I can get it up here. It's, it is. They There's a couple of shops up here. They fly it in fresh from the Gulf every day. It's expensive, but. Man, oh man, I've got some more of that rub too. Nat loves it. I mean, we oh. can eat it all day. I put it on some burgers one day, man. It changed the game there. Burgers on the grill are del- delicious no matter what. Um, so the, the yeah, the rub is next level. The sweet heat's my favorite sauce because it's kind of a and South Carolinians, please don't hate me. I'm more of a vinegar-based barbecue sauce. Fan. Yeah, you're kind of a Yankee, but that's yeah, all. I'm sort of a Yankee, but uh it's uh, I love this, I love the mustard, but my you know, and I have I have the Carolina Gold in there too, but uh, boy, that sweet heat, man! I put it on a lot of stuff, and it's it's delicious. It's um, fantastic on brisket and ribs. I do the uh, the gold on with the barbecue, um, but yeah, it's it's can't thank him enough. They 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 have just fantastic. If you want to, by the way, you can order all that stuff online. Just go to BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue dot com, and um, and you can order that online and. And you can hire their food truck. You can hire their catering. Whatever you need, uh, they they. If you've got a big holiday party, do you, you know you run a business or something, you need it catered this holiday season. There you go. Maybe you just have the food truck come out and serve it in the parking lot or whatever you want to do. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are proud proud to be partnered with them. Yeah. Okay? Oh, I feel I feel I have a feeling at some point Billy G is going to be catering a little Carolina around something in Columbia. I don't know when, I don't know where it, it, it won't happen randomly. Obviously. Yeah. Although it would be cool if you had a random bar, random barbecue party, you know, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Thursday, random barbecue party. Woo. But uh, no, uh, I have a feeling. I feel like that a lot. That a lot. Uh, but dude, he's uh he is, he's awesome. <laughs> the Portly insiders on the website now. Go ahead. Get you an order in now. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's the guy. He's uh, Tyler from Spartan versus Don't Ever Say You're from the Berg again, JC. Ty- Tyler's <laughs> having a work. He's having a week. Yeah, he's, he are. Uh, 
<laughs> he, he's put you in your place. He's put Dabo in his place and, and pretty much everybody in between. Spencer Tyler. Rattler uh, this weekend, guys, is looking to once again have a big game at home. He's just been phenomenal. 11 incompletions this year at home. That's it. 11 in three games. Uh <laughs> Seven came in the last one, you know, only four in the two games prior to that. He is now in the top 10 all time in passing yards at South Carolina at number 10. And he's only about 250 away from Dylan Thompson to take over the ninth spot. Uh, with four games left, if he averages 250, that'll get him to 61 43. And that he'll put him in there in the top five ahead of Connor Shaw and right behind Jake Bentley. Stephen Garcia, Steve Tannehill, and of course Todd Ellis with almost ten thousand yards. But here's the thing: there's a, there's a lot to get through in the numbers, JC. And you mentioned it this past week. We all know that Carolina has been better at home this year, and we also all know that that a lot of that has to do uh, with the competition collectively. Here, here are Rattler's numbers: home slash neutral, because they did play North Carolina. He was sacked nine times in the game. And he still was 30 of 39 for 353 yards in that ball game. 25 of 27 for 345 and three touchdowns versus Furman. 18 of 20 for 288, three touchdowns versus Mississippi State. 23 of 30, 313, four touchdowns in that late kind of heaving it up pick against the uh, Gators. Um, the road opponents, total defensive ranking, total defense, Teams that they've played on the road. Texas A&M, number seven. Georgia, number eight. You mentioned the Vols earlier, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, JC. Everybody writes them off. Bad defense. Not so fast. 27th in the nation. Total defense. Missouri, 37th in the nation. Total defense. Overall, the Gamecocks have played four true road games in the SEC. The average total defensive ranking for those four teams 19.75. Holy smokes. That is the highest in college football. The home opponents that they have played, Florida, Missouri, and Furman. The Gators come in with the 34th ranked defense in the country. That is right now. They are 34th in the country. And remember, South Carolina put 39 points on the board that night. 37, but 39 is what's on the scoreboard. That goes into all this as well. Mississippi State, 64th in the nation in total defense. And Furman is 48th, by the way. That is a 49 overall average for the teams that they have played at home. Really not that bad, think about it. The remaining teams that are on the schedule, Jacksonville State, and remember they're in Conference USA, they come in with the 47th-ranked defense in college football this weekend. Vanderbilt is the worst defense they'll see all year. It's ranked 114th. Kentucky's is 57th. Clemson's 6th. That is an average of 56. That is why there's some optimism. Carolina's been better at home. Rattler's been better at home. And overall, the defenses over the next three weeks, at least, not as good as what they've seen thus far. And then you've got the Tigers there at the end, and, and, and who knows what can happen uh, in that ballgame. So yeah. to your point just a little while ago, oh, let me add one other quick stat here for to fuss and discuss. I'm, I've mentioned this time and time again. The official record when Spencer Rattler attempts 30 or more passes, they're three and nine. When he attempts under 30, they are seven and two in his career here in Columbia. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't throw for 30 or more passes. A lot of what that means is they're down 
So generally, it's just kind of a box score indicator, as in like he had to throw 30 or more times. They probably aren't winning, and the stats back that up. They haven't been winning, with the exception of only a couple of games. Two of those were Tennessee and Clemson last year, of course. So uh, it, the stats, stats kind of tell the story, J.C., but it certainly feels like there's a big opportunity for this offense if they're getting healthier. And maybe, who knows, we'll see Juice Wells in a couple of weeks. Uh, that this final four-game stretch could be a, g- a great run for this program trying to rebound from a really tough and slow start. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully they can take a little bit of uh, how they played for three quarters against A&M on defense uh, back to the, the home ball yard. You know, Jacksonville State is a problematic matchup schematically on both sides of the ball. I know Rich Rod made it sound like, you know, the Gamecocks were the 85 Bears on defense and – you know, the the 2019 LSU Tigers on offense the other day. But make no mistake about it, they have athletes and they can play in space uh, on both sides of the ball. It, it's, it's like a bunch of like Brian Thomas Jr. kind of guys on their defense. You know, they will – if you're not careful and you get confused, they will blitz the P out of you. And and, and that's what they do. They get sacks, they, they force turnovers, that kind of thing. However, when you hold up against a defense like that, I think it's South Carolina shown this year at times, there are opportunities galore down the field. And when you have a passer like Spencer Rattler, all you need to do is give him a little time. And it, it's going to be a tough matchup for the other Gamecocks in, in that regard. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as uh, South Carolina's defense goes, you just got to play assignment football. Uh, they're going to go fast. Uh, and they're going to make plays at times, but you, you just got to you got to bow up and you know don't let don't get a, don't don't let me see that drive I've seen all year, where you give up you're playing okay you give up some third downs it gets to be third and goal from the seven and the dude walks in the end zone on a basic dive play I don't want to see that I mean just bow up man and uh, maybe who knows maybe the turnovers that have not maybe the turnover fairy comes this month right. Yeah, is there such a thing as the turnover fairy? Maybe, maybe there's the turnover fairy comes this month because it hadn't. The turnover fairy's just not been here all year. You know, maybe she's been asleep or he. I guess these days, anyway. Uh, you know, they could go. Uh, you know, ding. You know, oh hello, I'm the turnover fairy. It's time for me to bless the Gamecocks. Oh, that would be super if that happened. <laughs> well, these last four games. You know, that's, that's right. actually, and, and you know, we'll, we'll obviously be well, talking playing about at home is going to help that, I would imagine. Yeah, no, and C- Clemson and Kentucky and Vandy will all give it to you. They, they all, they all are not, the, they're not studies in ball uh, security, especially the Tigers. I mean, if you think about it, the, the mistakes they've made in key situations this year and Vandy as well, you know, Kentucky's a little better, but man, I shoot, you know, maybe it happens. Who, who knows? I, I, I'm going to keep the faith until I don't have reason to keep the faith anymore. Well, and and that's kind of one of my keys to the game today, not only just for the game this weekend, but for the rest of the season is create some turnovers. And and, and that's kind of there's there's two two sides to that story there. One is you might need them to win the game this week. Two is it sure would be nice to, you know, get some momentum and some confidence on that side of the ball, because that's how they've lived the last two years. I, You know, the, we've talked about this multiple times. I, I don't mean to sound derogatory or negative or anything like that, but I'm not so sure that this defense would really have 
done anything the last couple of years without those turnovers. You know, they have had a very difficult time, mostly, for the last two, three seasons, or beyond that, actually, that's not true, the last few seasons. It, as you just mentioned, bowing up, being man enough, and just stopping somebody, just being better than them on that side of the ball. You know, it's it's it just doesn't happen much, especially against uh, teams or programs that are kind of in the same coffer as them, maybe a little bit better or a lot better. They haven't been able to line up and stop anybody. They've really needed to rely on the turnovers in order to create some wins, and we're seeing this year what happens when they don't get those. So as you pointed out just a minute ago, and I've got that in my my notes today, create some. Maybe that sparks it somehow. Maybe maybe they – I don't know. I don't know what it would be. But but they're certainly going to need some, I would think, if they want to win all four of these games. Yeah, you got to be more disruptive on the D-line, man. I mean, you know, look – uh, Taka Hemingway was kind of that guy last year, and uh, you know I thought you know, the, the the exotic look that they gave against A and M at least early kind of helped free him up a little bit. Um, T.J. Sanders has really kind of been the only guy. I know Boogie had a good game, one good game, um, but it, it's been inconsistent. Uh, Jordan Strawn, I think, is probably safe to say at this point he, he he's played solid. He's affected the passer. But, you know, you want him to get his big paw in there around the edge and knock it loose and things like that. He's just a step behind doing that. Um, and then the other end, you know, it's basically if Brian Thomas Jr. isn't doing something, it's just non-existent. So with the exception of Tyreek Johnson, who played his best game against A&M. So if you can start getting that, I mean, and, and change right, they were really close. Like There were a couple of times Max Johnson, I, I looked at him get hit, and I was like, the ball's coming out. And it just—it was kind of like a some of those Nick Harbor receptions where you're like, "Ooh, close!" And Nick's sitting there holding it with one hand and the, like an ice cream cone, and you're like, "Ah!" Uh, but it was—they were close. I mean, Max dropped the ball once, and I mean, it was—it was just one of those things. But uh, you know, I think I think Travian Robertson and Sterling Lucas have a lot of work to do this off season in getting some help up front. Uh, Cause I, they're just not, and, and some of this we've been waiting on for a while and we see flashes, but they're just not as consistent, consistently disruptive on front as they up front as they need to be. And so uh, that's something to look out for in recruiting, uh, especially with the transfer portal and, and, and moving forward. So uh, I got, uh, you know, Dylan Stewart's obviously going to help with that. That dude's college ready. Uh, he's going to come in like, a lot of those freshmen at Georgia or Bama or wherever and make an impact right away. But that's just one guy and you, and you need more and you need Desmond Umi as to have a big off season uh, and get better. And then it's going to be portal and, you know, whoever's there left, you know, I think there, there's has to be kind of a, a, a retooling of that up front. And hopefully they have a big, uh, hopefully they have a big finish. I mean, I, like I said, individually, we've seen all these guys play well. We've seen Strong, we've seen Tonka, we've seen Boogie play well, we've seen TJ play well. Uh, so maybe they, they put it all together and, and that happens. But the turnovers, I think that's kind of what the, the thing that's missing that you don't really have. You know, but outside of Dial, you don't have that. You know, Darius Rush is really good at, at interceptions and Cam Smith obviously was a solid lockdown corner. It, it's just a little bit different this year. You know, I'm not saying Fortune and Dial aren't good and Emanuore and Smith aren't the same. I mean, you know, they – I think we know coverage isn't the, the biggest strength for those guys, and then Kilgore's pretty good. But, uh, you know, you, you don't have that corner that 
you know, you, you just don't, you know, that, that you rarely throw at, you know, because he's going to pick it. If he did, it would be dial. You know, the other side has kind of been, you know, O'Donnell, he's been banged up. He got Judge Collier. So, you know, that's probably second. But I think disruption up front uh, is something that if you watch this defense, it is lacking. Uh, and that was kind of what was good to see early on the other day because the defensive line was disruptive against A&M. Quick note here from John Whittle. The Gamecock basketball program will be hosting five-star Jameer Jones this weekend for an official visit. He'll be in town to watch the game and see his way around the city and the campus. He is the 28th best player in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. The composite, though, has him at number 14 in the nation. Good visitor to have in before you tip off basketball season. Many of you this weekend will be watching on your brand-new Palm Casual furniture if you're not making it into Columbia for the game or watching other games when you get home. And we certainly appreciate your support of our friends out at 350 Holiday Drive in Somerville. If you've not been out there, you need to go. You would you don't even know where to start when you walk in. It is amazing. Uh, they are the largest manufacturer of Sunbrella cushions in the entire country. Uh, and we are really glad to be partnered with them. And I was very thankful to be there a couple of weeks ago with my friend Michael Flint, who will be joining us at 1230 today here on our program. Uh, Wicker seating, teak, cast aluminum, polymer furniture, you name it. It is all there at Palm Casual, also Palm Casual in Mount Pleasant. But Somerville, a little bit more centrally located for much of our audience. And it's an easy drive down I-26 if there is such a thing anymore. PalmCasual.com. Gamecock owned and Gamecock operated so are we but we need to step aside for a timeout we'll take a quick drive around the sec with a couple little nuggets to pass along there we'll also introduce you to jacksonville state if you don't know who they are coming up in hour number two michael flint will join us and we have a lot of games to pick today there's a lot of really interesting things going on Mm -hmm. in college football this weekend including one game that i guarantee you is not on anybody's radar but i'm gonna put it there when we get back hang tight inside the gamecocks the show we'll be right back The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. 
For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level, we use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. final segment hour one it's friday friday first friday of november it's been a beautiful week it's gonna be a little nippy tomorrow morning so bundle up head to gamecock traditions and get your get your jacket all right so in the sec this weekend uh you've got texas a&m at ole miss tomorrow at noon you got arkansas at florida tomorrow at noon i'm gonna echo uh both mike morgan and schubert from yesterday if you are billy napier don't lose that one. Don't lose that one. Florida is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game at home against the Razorbacks. Careful. Careful. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Kenny Guyton, uh, who's now calling plays for them, uh, and I forgot to take my jacket off. I'm sorry. You can still see my Britons, though. It's, 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 we all got different Britons on today, by the way. We do. Yeah. Finally. This is like the, the old school Big Spur mascot. And Jamie's got cocky and Phil with the always sharp block C. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Guyton you know, took over the play calling, and I think you may see a lot more of kind of what they used to do, and that could be problematic because K.J. Jefferson, I think, is more comfortable doing that. Uh, just like around here. It, it, it's weird because when you look at Arkansas this year, guys, it, 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 until Mississippi State, it wasn't their offense. They would lose 38-31, 34-31, 27-20, that kind of thing. Uh, their defense goes up a lot. But um, I'm curious to see if if that change has any kind of impact at all on Arkansas. And you're right. If you're Billy and the Gators, you just uh, – you lose that. I mean, because basically – if if you're him, I say you you got a you got two upsets in Tennessee and in Utah the last two years, and you've beaten South Carolina twice, and that's basically it. So yeah, be careful, be careful. Half the SEC slate, by the way, tomorrow will be over by three o'clock. Obviously, our game will be playing at noon. Arkansas, Florida, who I just mentioned, A and M and Ole Miss. Ole Miss just a three point favorite in that game. We'll 
pick up these games coming up here in just a little while. UConn is a stat patter game for Tennessee. The balls, they'll also kick off at noon in Neyland. At 3.30, you got Missouri and Georgia. Everybody will be paying attention. It is mm-hmm. a top 12 matchup now as per the college football playoff rankings. 7.30 tomorrow night on the SEC Network, Kentucky. Is that Mississippi State? They're four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. That's another game. If you're the Wildcats, be careful. This thing could be falling apart quicker than you thought on Mark Stoops. State going to look to ring the bells tomorrow night uh, deep in the heart of uh, Mississippi. 7.45 on CBS. We're all aware of this one, LSU and Alabama. LSU is trying to make a big, big statement in Bryant-Denny, the tied are three-point favorites, but there's a game that I didn't mention, and that's because nobody's mentioned it. And I'm going to tell you, it is my belief that you better be careful if you're the Auburn Tigers on the road in Vanderbilt tomorrow. And you go, oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. I'm not. Auburn's a 12-point favorite, and I'm not saying that they're going to lose. But I am saying this. the la- Two of the last three games, that they-, they haven't played since 2016. Two of the last three times they've played, though, Vanderbilt has beaten them in the last time they played. Auburn barely escaped. Hugh Freeze was the head coach for two of those last three meetings, too. He's had it difficult. This is Vandy's senior day. They're not playing for anything more than pride, and a lot of these guys will never play again, as we mentioned just a little while ago with tonight's high school football slate. I'm just saying we all know how sleepy it's going to be. There's going to be ballparks in the state of South Carolina tonight with as many or more people than Vandy will bring in there. Auburn will be asleep at the wheel at some point in time in that game tomorrow. Careful. They've got a trip to Arkansas next week. Careful. I'm telling you. Careful, careful, careful if you're Auburn. There are a bunch of Auburn alums and fans in Nashville, though. A bunch. So I don't play the game, though. I'll be curious to see kind of if they got Pandy outnumbered or not tomorrow. Uh, and it's not a bad drive. I mean, you know, you just uh, – if you're if you're going to Auburn, for Nashville from Auburn, you can either go up through Birmingham or you can go boomerang down 85 and then hit 65 and go straight in uh, to the Music City. But, uh, yeah, here, here's the thing that would concern me. Vanderbilt, like, what's the strength of their team? We talked about their defense earlier. Well, their offense isn't bad. Now – they don't have A.J. Swan right now. They're, they're back to Seals, who was a freshman starter for them, who's got experience. Yeah. They've got McGowan and those guys. So I don't know if they're at full strength offensively. I know they can't run the ball. Um, Auburn, though, is not the most explosive offense out there. I mean, they win games with defense, run game, that kind of thing this year for Hugh Freeze. They will be better in time. But, you know, they're not great at quarterback. You know, so if, if they can't score and Vandy's – got a bunch of plays they can dial up against that defense and get some big plays and get momentum. It could be a lot. The, the 12 points, uh, I probably won't play that one. Uh, I probably, I'll probably i pick it, but I probably won't play it if that makes any sense. So it's, it, it's, I think that this is less about matchups and more about mistakes. This game is less about matchups and more about mistakes. Auburn's better. They're not good, uh, but they're better. But they're better. But – it just feels like one of the one of those games. I mean, Auburn has fumbled eleven times this year. Now they've only lost, I think, about half of those, maybe a little bit less than that. But they've fumbled it eleven times. It feels like one of those games. Vanderbilt does this. This happens virtually every year with Vanderbilt. And you look up and you're like, huh? Just careful. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that is the SEC uh, slate. This week, best game. I got a feeling it's going to be LSU and Alabama. 
I think it may be that A&M Ole Miss game, man. I mean, that, yeah, that kinda, one might be. Yeah. Lane Kiffin's starting to, yeah, he, he's, you ever heard the old thing in, uh, in Top Gun, son, you're writing checks, your body can't cash. Sure. I, I I don't know that I'd be poking the bear with them like he does, you know. Oh, they should. I mean, he he basically said they bought their team last year, and then this year they're like, oh, they're fighting for bowl eligibility, huh? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that team should be in the top ten. I mean, he's needling the you know what out of them. A and M is not a good football. A great. I'm sorry, they're not a great football team. Okay, but they are great up front on defense, and every team they played this year. They've held them to an embarrassing amount of rushing yards. Like uh, Alabama only had 32 in that game in the win in, in College Station, they, and they've done it on the road and at home. I, you know, the Judkins is such a big part of that offense for Ole Miss because they, they they do they are very balanced. Lane's a great play call. I mean, I just don't. This is not LSU's defense coming in, right? Uh, which that concerns me for LSU on the other end of things. Uh, I'm I. I I tend to kind of agree with your assessment that it may be hard for Bama to outscore LSU if their offense is clicking, but you got to keep in mind too. Alabama's pretty salty on defense, sure. you know? And so I, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, the other part of A&M Ole Miss is can A&M block. The other part of A&M Ole Miss is a- Ole Miss going to Georgia next week. The number one <laughs> mighty Bulldogs, right? Dare I say they could be looking ahead. Ole Miss looking at past A&M. That would be something. I don't know. I, I think that's going to be a hell of a game, man. I'll have all those play, eight, noon. The noon hour is going to be killer. Yeah. Yeah. Gamecocks. You got Arkansas, Florida. You got A&M Ole Miss and Clemson Notre Dame all at noon, which is 11 a.m. for me. <laughs> I'll add this, JC, just to add a little fuel to the Vandy Auburn numbers and stuff I gave you. Pop, check this. You ready? Y'all ready? Phil, you got to keep producing. You can't fall out of your seat on this. If Vanderbilt wins the game, their all-time record versus Auburn will be 22-21-1. This will be the only SEC opponent that they've ever had a winning record against. Jeez. <laughs> and, you, and you mentioned earlier they kind of had Freeze's number at, at Ole Miss. I mean, they, they actually played just, Ole Miss really just well. Saying. The football gods exist. Stick that in your plane's pipe and smoke it, Tigers. Coming mm-hmm. from Nashville. All right, we're out of time. Michael Flint due up in 30 minutes. Always fun on Friday. We'll go anywhere we're here. Hey, folks, it's JB. And as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Twelve oh four inside the Gamecocks the show. Thanks to Billy G's for sponsoring the national anthem at noon. Always happy to have it. There's JB. We Sorry are about, about that. that. 
no, you're good. You know, internet does what internet does. Ah, that's uh, I'm, that's called just clicking a button you're not supposed to click. <laughs> but oh, it's only well, noon on Friday, so happens uh, to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's the way that it goes. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the national anthem at noon. Thanks to our friends Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. All of you who will be in the ballpark tomorrow will be hearing that national anthem played right before noon and then right before cocky comes out. I cannot wait because my children will get to see this for the very first time in their lives tomorrow. Special moment for me getting dad into the ballpark. Many of you will also be taking children. It's a great game for them. Beautiful weather, early kick, uh, not as not a lot of heat, if you know what I'm saying, between SEC teams and fans and things like that. Uh, so those of you that are uh, bringing your families tomorrow, uh, enjoy it. And also enjoy getting to tell them about the greatest era in the history of Gamecock football we all lived through starting this time 13 years ago, basically, when Marcus Lattimore and Steven Garcia and the rest of that 2010 team began the run by running through the Gators and the Swamp. They'll all be recognized tomorrow. Uh, out on the field along with Coach Spurrier. On that field, though, the Gamecocks will be playing the Gamecocks. And outside of the few comments here and there of don't sleep on them, they're really good, and this, that, and the other, who are they? Well, I'll tell you who they are. We know that they're 7-2, and two, and we know that they're 5-1 and one in Conference USA. Outside of that, this is the eighth game that Jacksonville State will play against the Southeastern Conference opponent. In their history, they are one and six all time. That one win, a 49-48 double overtime win on the road in Oxford back in 2010, which I just mentioned was a little bit of a better year for the Gamecocks. This week also is Jacksonville State's first Saturday game. Hear me out. Since September They've played five straight midweek games on national television. The Gamecocks played at Sam Houston on a Thursday, at Middle Tennessee State on a Wednesday, Liberty in Western Kentucky on Tuesday, and then last week, FIU on a Wednesday. Finally, back to Saturday. I'm sure Rich Rod's happy to see that. Ten different Jacksonville State players, by the way, have at least one interception this year on the defense, which yeah. is the most of any team at the FBS level. And they also have 26 consecutive games as a program in which they've run for 100 or more yards. That is every game, 20 of them, under Rich Rodriguez. There are some Palmetto State connections on this team as well. Three players are on the roster from South Carolina. And there's a coach who knows his way around here a little bit. Running backs coach, Roderick McDowell, former Clemson running back, who we had a chance to see a few times in Columbia, guys. So it, it's a team that's well-prepared. Uh, their scoring defense is a little over 18 points per game allowed. That is number one in their league. They've sacked the opposing quarterbacks 30 times this year. That's also number one in their league defensively. Um, they've found a way to get it done. I, I will. I will add this: they are five and one in Conference USA by wins, uh, by an average of eight point eight three points per game. Those that five and one record comes against teams that are a combined six and eighteen in Conference USA. Both of their losses at Coastal and against Liberty were by a combined score of sixty one to twenty nine. The record looks good. They've done some good things this year. 
Probably also need to make sure we take into account the level of competition in which they've played. Their wins have been against teams that just really aren't that good. Agreed. And, and you know, Coastal, uh, I guess there's, there's a whole lot of Chadwell in there, right? Uh, his former team and current team beat them pretty good. They did beat Middle Tennessee State, though. Uh, and this program did. It was before Rich Rock got there. But they remember they beat Florida State a couple of years ago? Last second touchdown, Florida State didn't play defense on the last play of the game. And 2017 and 2021, their last Power 5 opponent that they played. Yep. Pooh. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't have that happen. See, look, South Carolina, and I was going to save this till the end, you have to win this football game. If you do not win this football game, you know, we, we can talk about two and six this and two and six that. Uh, let's face it, Carolina's been behind the eight ball the whole year. They put a lot of really good football teams. It happens. It sucks, but it happens. You lose this one, the whole trajectory of everything changes. This is one of those losses that would be like App State, uh, probably worse than App State, uh, probably worse than Citadel because it is it is a special preparation, but it's not a triple option. Uh, it'll be the type of thing that can – ruin ruin a lot of good and uh so first things first you know you you got to go out there and win this football game saturday and it, it is uh there's usually no such thing as a must win this is a must win this is this is, it's it, it you can't go and let these guys uh rise up on you and beat you if you're the game guys it's an it's an it's an interesting play as well um you know you you think about some of the teams that have given South Carolina trouble over the years at this level. Clearly, App State comes to mind. The Citadel comes to mind. This is not an option team. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it is a Rich Rodriguez style of offense. You know, Zion Webb and Logan Smothers, who are identical. I mean, they should be twins. They just have different names. They're both 6'2". They're both 200 pounds. They look the same. They run the same. They kind of do everything the same. They both play. Um, they both this year have thrown for – I think a combined about 1,400 yards. They've rushed for a combined about 700 yards. They've accounted for 18 touchdowns. So everything that they're going to do on the offensive side of the football, we, we were just talking about the defensive side. On the offensive side of the football, it literally all, is all going to run through the quarterback. Um, they do have a good running back, Malik Jackson, 615 yards this year on 113 carries. I think he scored four times, and that's it. I just told you, 18 touchdowns between those two quarterbacks. So – we know what they're going to do when they're when they're smelling the goal line. It's very to carry on joinerish. They're going to put the ball in their hands and let them go try to find it. If you're Carolina, JC Shane mentioned it the other day. Phil Shane mentioned it the other day. You got to seal it off out there, and uh, you got to make these guys try to beat you through the air. As scary as that sounds, because Carolina hasn't been able to cover literally anything all year. Um, but you know you can't let them just run wild on you either because when they get into that groove dangerous you don't set the edge you could die you could die out there mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know i mean it, 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 it that's 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 what this office is designed to do and then the minute you start cheating over they're going to bust you up the gut or the quarterback's going to take it the old boot the opposite in a boot like canada so take it on a boot uh the other edge uh you know or they'll throw a pass and and the guy will be wide open. I mean, I've seen this. I've seen this offense before. It's always worked. Uh, even Rich Rob was at Ole Miss one year last year under Matt Luke, and they did not have a winning season. But John Reese Plumley, who's now the quarterback at UCF, in that system under Gus, 
was was a, as a freshman was like running all over Alabama and, and everything else. So it's uh, it's it's not easy. Um, you know, uh, Jacksonville State's a proud program that has a precedent. I mean, they beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss. They won at Florida State. Yep. You know, I mean, they 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 surprise people. It's a it's a scary game, but uh, you uh, you should be able with your talent uh, to win it. And 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 I, I think. It'll it'll just be so unfortunate if the Gamecock offense does not have another good game at home. I expect them to. I think they can handle the exotic pressures and stuff like that because I think I think they're they'll give the idea is give Spencer just enough time to get it off, and there'll be plays to be had down the field. I promise. I yeah. promise. This is a this is a high risk high reward defense, and so uh, you know, go there. And for As all the woeful defensive play we've seen. This team has been able to scheme up stopping the run for teams who wanted to run first. They just yeah. got burnt on the back end of it. But right. uh, the, these quarterbacks are not in the same <laughs> sphere. Yeah, they're the, not they're eating us up, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, say, say what you want about Graham Mertz. He is an and, and Will Rogers. They're both accurate passers. You know, yeah. they. they if you give them things downfield and then Napier did a good job of scheming up downfield. And then some of that game against Florida was just simply like crazy missed tackles on the perimeter on, on fourth and long. I mean, you know, you have a team that throws a, a little pass out in the flat on, behind the chains on fourth and 11 and you don't stop them. That sucks. Okay. That that's on you. That's on the players. Uh, you know, maybe there's some scheme thing, but uh, yeah, you, you just got to keep them bottled up and, uh, Win your one-on-one battles if you're South Carolina's defensive front and linebackers, and you know, heck, I don't, I don't know that that uh, a little three-man front package they ran against A&M, it, and probably one of the better things to play against this group because you're freeing up your guys and you're getting penetration uh, with that. I'm sure uh, Rich Rodriguez and his staff have, have, have schemed for it after seeing it on film last week, but uh, it gave A&M trouble until A&M adjusted. I mean, it really did. So. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville State's not coming in here with the linemen. Uh, even though AM's O line is not great, it's still an SEC offensive line. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think uh, it's a big one, but they all four are going to be. And the idea is to just get better and better and better and keep on moving. Uh, but Jacksonville State, obviously, this is not, uh, I, I rarely say any game is a must win, folks. This is a must win. You have to win this one. In case you I, I don't care it. if it's by one point, I don't care if it's by one point. You got to win. In case you missed it earlier, or if you missed it last night, the updated injury report, both for Sean Lee and welcome back, Case and Henry. Tackles expected to play this weekend uh, for the Gamecocks. Shane is feeling a lot better about that. Amarion Brown is good to go. Xavier Leggett is good to go. And Mario Anderson also is good to go. Questionable is Trey Knox. I would say lean towards him not playing, although they mentioned they weren't ready to quite rule him out. Again, kind of one of those situations, very similar a little bit to Juice, although Trey's been playing until last week when he went down with the hammy. Um, but uh, they really want these guys to try to be ready to go in the stretch run if they can, as in like the last two games. If you can get through these two and have a chance at Kentucky and Clemson to go to a bowl game, they'd like them to be healthy for that. Trey Jones, Juice Wells both out this week. But again, the big news for Sean Lee and Kaysen Henry. Uh, we'll be back in there. Uh, we'll talk to Michael Flint coming up in just a little bit. Um, so we will probably step aside for an early break here, Phil, and then we'll t- take one more before we get him in. Um, 
But uh, one of the things I look forward to speaking to him about is Nick Harbor, his progression. I think this is going to be a big week for Nick Harbor personally. Um, kind of mentioned that yesterday. One quick note nationally that is uh, just broken, really strange. And these are the things that you wonder if they'll work or won't work for Deion Sanders. But Colorado quality control analyst Pat Shermer will take over play calling duties from offensive coordinator Sean Lewis this weekend versus Oregon State. Uh, Deion Sanders has to elevate Shermer from an analyst to a full-time coach in order to be eligible to actually call the plays. But Lewis is still going to signal the plays in, so it's unknown which assistant will be demoted to make room for the midweek promotion. Shermer was an NFL OC uh, most recently with the Denver Broncos, and he also was the former head coach of the Giants and the Browns. So, I mean, obviously some experience there, but kind of a strange twist as it's been throughout the season in Colorado uh, before they get to Oregon State. Keep in mind, they opened the year 3-0, and and everybody thought that they would win the Super Bowl, not only the College Football National Championship. Since then, though, just 1-4 and four with Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah left on deck. Guys, quick pick here. Not on the game, on the season. Do they go to a bowl game or not? Not after this. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I don't know what I mean, this is all about. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand they're having – that is Sean Lewis's style of offense. You're going to have trouble protecting, but it's because they're not that good up front. Right. Uh, you know, you, you try to, like, put Pat – and now, look, Pat Shermer's really – smart and a good play caller. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's kind of like Dowell Loggins. He's, he's not been in college since the nineties when he coached for, I think coached for Nick Saban at Alabama. I mean, sorry, Michigan state, but I, I just, you know, so, so, so what, what is this? I mean, what, why, why is play calling all of a sudden an issue? You know, when you can't just, block just to, be, it is, just to be clear, Shadir, Shadir Sanders has thrown for the third most yards in college football this year, right? I mean, yeah, he's he's having a, okay. a heck just, of a just to be clear. year. I just All wanted this, to make sure that I understood that. Yeah. <laughs> All this does is re, reinforce the Jason Whitlocks of the world. Who, who Look, I agree with Jason Whitlock on a lot. Who who literally comes out and says, this is all about Shadur Sanders, and it's a, like, a, like a soccer dad on an ego trip with Dion. And – you know, there was no competition for that job. And, and Shadur, look, to Shadur's credit, he's a lot better than I thought he'd be. Uh, he's a good player. But, man, you start being Mr. Helicopter Dad there, uh, and, and then some of these NFL guys, you know, they played at the highest level. They they love two tight ends and a cloud of dust and crap like that, you know, because uh, it gets in their blood and, and that's it. But Sean Lewis is one of the best play callers in college football. He's one of the best offensive coaches in college football. He he is a he's a guy that, that won at Kent State, which is a lot hell of a lot harder than winning at Colorado with eighty percent transfers. I mean, at Kent State sucks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad job. Besides Nick Lou Holtz and Nick Saban both going to school there, and you know it, it's not been a bastion of football excellence through the years. Okay. This guy won there. And so all this does, in my opinion, is reinforce the notion that, that Dion's a helicopter dad. And it's sad because, man, I backed this guy up. I, I, I And one of the big reasons was I thought he had a heck of a staff. You start tinkering with your heck of a staff and, and, and you're just a, you know, you're just a clown. 
You know, you're, you're just a, you're just an entertainment because uh, yeah. you're going to go four and eight and lose out, and your son's going to lose a draft. I just I, I completely disagree with this. I think it's a it's a terrible move. And, and you don't know Pat Shermer would be yeah. sitting there, and you know you, you think Pat Shermer likes the Art Browse spread offense, which is what they were running. Do you think Pat Shermer likes that? No, but he's been a head coach at the highest level, and he's right there in Dion's ear. Yep. I I don't like this at all. I just don't like it at all. I think it sucks. We got to step aside. We are part of the Chief Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Dixie Vodka. Tomorrow morning is a good morning for a Bloody Mary. How about the Dixie Pepper Vodka? That would be perfect on a brisk, cool day in Columbia, South Carolina. A reminder at 3 o'clock today, you can head over to Founders Park and watch the Gamecocks scrimmage. Eight innings is what they will play uh, ahead of tomorrow's big game at williams Bryce. Time out. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
1224. Welcome back. Quick segment, then we'll have to take one more quick timeout so we can sp- squeeze plenty of Michael Flynn in today to talk about the ball game uh, coming up this weekend. We'll stay on the national note side of things, though. Purdue plays at Michigan. Ryan Walters, yeah, he, ain't, he ain't happy. <laughs> Quote, it's unfortunate, he said last night in his radio show. What's crazy is they weren't allegations. It happened. There's video evidence. There's ticket purchases and sales that you can track back. We know for a fact that they were at a number of our games, so we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms in terms of some signals. End quote from Ryan Walters, head coach at Purdue. What's he talking about? Yeah, he says that they have hard evidence that Michigan was at four of their five games earlier this year uh, scouting them as pretty much the rest of the Big Ten is saying it to this point as well. Michigan apparently has forgotten that uh, the, the the digital electronic stuff, you can track that if what he's saying is true. With that said, Purdue's awful, and they have to play Michigan this weekend, and Michigan is probably not very happy that they're being called out. So they're probably going to beat the brakes off of the Boilermakers just because they're being called out. It's not like this is going to like fire up Purdue or something. They're going to go out there and pull some stunner because Michigan, Michigan scouted them. They will probably say after the game that they got whipped like that because Michigan scouted them. But Michigan won't care, and they will beat them more than likely by 50 points. Yeah. Hey, Quantrell, I'll, I'll, I'll put my Michigan take here on this question about Harbaugh. Quantrell says, what's your percentage of Harbaugh going to the NFL? 99.8% if a franchise will hire him. Keep in mind, this joker went, was going to the Vikings – and they were like, eh, yeah, we'll pass. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I, 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 you know, if it comes to light, he's probably not going to be get a job in college football anymore. Um, I would just try to like, uh, you know, the, the 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 monkeys, the see no evil, hear no evil, that that thing, that meme or, or whatever, the monkeys. That, I, that would be him. That would be me if I were Harbor. Right now. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, there's probably not an electronic trail to him. There is to the inside of the football program. And I think they have to take him out, man. You can't let this happen. Right. Uh, you, you know, you, you, this is not, oh, well, let's, like, like I said before, let's spin the wheel of punishment because we know, like, Blue Blood A is cheating its ass off. And so, all right, well, who else is, is recruiting? Well, Ole Miss. Well, let's go punish Ole Miss. You know, because we, we we know that uh, things are going down at, uh, you know, Texas and Southern Cal and places like that. Let's go punish. This is not like that where everybody's sort of wink, wink, nod, nod, doing whatever. Because I can guarantee you everybody's sort of wink, wink, nod, nod. Some do it better than others, right? Yep, sure. But uh, look, I'm saying this. Uh, it goes to the heart of competitive advantage. Uh, and, and look, again, stealing signals is legal. As long as you know you can do it from TV or, or the game film you're about, you're about, I mean, you can figure that out. Great, but you have somebody dedicated this. And look, the, the dude, the dude on the opposite sidelines, on the in the Central Michigan gear is what got me. And look, Central Central Michigan's like we're investigating. I mean, don't you think if it, if it wasn't him? What's his name? Stallions, champion, whatever. Stallions. Yeah. Is that Stallions. his name? Yeah. Stallions. Man, Stallions. This is like a movie. Stallions. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't Stallions, don't you think Central Michigan immediately would have been, ah, not him at all? No, no, no. 
I mean, come on, man. I mean, you know, and if you're Central Michigan, you got to be embarrassed because that's definitely that would be like Coastal Carolina coming to Columbia in 20 when they come to Columbia last 2019, 2018. Uh, it was uh, yeah, 2018. B Max first, and somebody from Clemson's on the sidelines with a mega coastal polo on filming the Gamecock signals. Yep. I mean, that's that. You, how bad do you think Carolina be pissed at, at the coastal Carolina if that was taking mm-hmm. place and you watch Michigan play this year and they're so damn dominant on defense and they're talented. Don't get me wrong. The steel curtain, they are not, but dude, it is almost like they know what's coming. You watch some of their games. I mean, even Shiano kind of psychotically alluded to this. Eh, there's some things going on out there. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. You know. <laughs> I mean, so you have to if if you if you're the Big Ten. By the way, I scouted out the Big Ten office the other day because uh, Matt and I were up in Rosemont. It's right beside a lovely Fogo de Chao, and across from a, a, a Blue Brew Pub and an ice skating rink. It's like in a mall. Anyway. Uh, the big, if you're up there next to you, you got to get some folks together and go to Foga to Chow for that, uh, Brazilian special they got and decide to punish these guys. I mean, some, uh, like, uh, somebody pointed out on the athletic, the big 10 is more powerful than the NCAA, you know, they, they, some, and, and, and they're the conference is always talking about integrity and all this guys. I'm going to say this. I don't know. We got to get to Flint. Every time something like really, 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 really bad goes down, i.e. the scandal at Michigan State a couple of years ago or uh, Urban Meyer and that situation, uh, chances are it happens at a Big Ten school. Mm-hmm. Chances are. Yeah, I mean, you know, things happen at SEC schools, but something really, really bad, they, they these jokers take the cake up here. And they think that they can poop in a box and, and it's some kind of gold medallion. And and, and, and and if if they are they are complete hypocrites, feckless, whatever you want to call, uh, they they need to they need to punish Michigan institutionally. Uh, even if Harbaugh doesn't know, you know yeah. that they get you can't you can't let a team compete for championships that's sitting on that type of advantage. And, and yeah, I do think he'll go to the NFL. And I think the Chicago Bears will probably hire him <laughs> as long as he plays it smart and doesn't admit to anything. He was a Bears quarterback. I think he could save the franchise. He may be the only one. That's probably the plan, I would imagine, if you are Jim Harbaugh. All right, one more te- time out here in hour two. Michael Flint will take us home when we return. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, We can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. 
electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Welcome back. Oh. oh, he's alive. No, he's not. He's, there he is. Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, no, he's back. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead I'm not yet. Dead. The original nine wearing some kid's little plastic glasses. I'm sure he stole those from some, you know. <laughs> what is up with the shirt? The shirt is uh, blowing up today, Mike. This is, this is, this is. You must very, be very some sort single. of 80s throwback party later. Somebody's got a lunch date, I think. Now you see why he's the very single, very disease free. Disease free. That's right, ladies. Uh, ladies love him. Guys want to be him. He is the original oh. one nine. Michael oh, goodness. From, uh, but, from Wando. From Wando. What's up, guys? <laughs> We're all just trying to get a new head coach into to North Mount Pleasant. Try to reclaim our, our stake as the best team in the town mike there was a time when we were the best team in the town because we were the only team in town that is no longer the case no. so we're uh we got to get back there what's up man so what's up with the green glasses Who, who'd you beat up for those are those MJs? No, man, they the kid my kids had the color run at school so their fundraiser they just ran a bunch of laps and got sprayed with chalk dust 
Well, that sounds that sounds like a, a good Friday night for you. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I know you're not. Know. Are you heading up today or tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow morning. Okay. All right. We're going to go up tonight. I'll bring the kids by. I'm sure they'll be cold and want to come cuddle. So you, uh, you, y'all can keep them warm at the condo. I was thinking about the condo this morning because on Sunday morning at nine 30, you've got the dolphins and the chiefs on the NFL network over there in Frankfurt, Germany. They're both six and two. It's going to be a pretty good game. I think. And I was thinking back to the days when we used to just lay on those couches well, from Sunday morning until whenever somebody came along and woke us up. That would have been a nice Sunday with the Bojangles uh, sweet tea. Man, that would have been a nice game. And then roll on to the Supremes. That's right, man. That's right. That's right. All right, Mike. Uh, JC said this earlier, not in the context in, in which uh, most people generally say it. People will say things like, this is a must-win game. You're like, well, it's not really a must-win, but kind of is for Carolina. It's definitely a must-win if you want to go to a bowl game. That's for sure. And then, but in the context in which Mr. Schubert put it, um, it's a it's kind of a must win for the, the program. Like you, you, I mean, you think about what type of disaster would be created if you dropped this game. The real Gamecocks, you'd hear all those jokes. You would basically any progress you've made would would be null and void. All those type things really don't even want to have to think about it. But we have a show to do, and we do have to talk about it because. I guess technically they could lose the ball game, Mike. So um, when you lump all that in together, do you think this team feels any pressure or are they just going out there and playing ball? No, I mean, it's just, you know, you're 100% right. I mean, this is a this is a must win or I can't lose necessarily. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think from the, from the outside looking in, it's 100%. I mean, you look at the recruiting class and just everything, the, the, the inside the building, the locker room, um, you go down in this one. It's it's that's not a not a good not a good thing. I don't even want to think about it. But I mean, it really is. But I think looking at it, it's you know it's a game that this team knows they they can win, they should win. When you look at the matchups, when you know you're you're watching film, um, you know you're as a receiver, you know you're looking at deep, you're looking at other you know defensive backs and the strengths and weaknesses and what type of players those guys are. I mean, you look at it across the board. Um, you know, we should, you know, not have any any challenges. But, you know, there also comes into play some of the weaknesses that we have and what Jacksonville State's looking at from an offensive line perspective, knowing that there's a potential for them to go in and have some success. But, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on it. You know, it's a must win. I mean, he's one of the games you have where, you know, with all due respect, that you plan on playing, you know, a lot of your backups. You plan on playing some of the freshmen that still have an opportunity to redshirt and, you know, not burn a redshirt. But you look to play some of those guys to get that experience, guys like Lenore Sellers, um, a lot of these young freshmen that haven't played a whole lot. You know, this is where those guys start to get that game experience and start to, you know, take into next year. Um, so, you know, you hate to look at it that way, but in the in the reality of it, that is what, you know, they're going for in this game is is getting up and, you know, being the better the better team, having the better position groups, being able to have success. Um, move the ball up and down the field, score a lot, and and let a lot of those young guys play. Mike, uh, this Jacksonville State team 
is had a, they're having a nice year under Rich Rodriguez. They give up under 19 points per game. Uh, they've sacked the opposing quarterback 30 times. That's first in the league. Um, and I, I'll die on this hill. People don't want to climb to the top with me. It's fine. But they literally have not beaten anybody. Uh, the teams that they have beaten are a combined 6-18 and 18 in league play. Outside of that, they're FCS programs. And their two losses are at Coastal, who's not having really a good year. And then they got beat by Liberty, who's having a nice year by a combined score of 61-29. to 29. Um, I mentioned the defensive numbers uh, because it, it you've got four straight home games. South Carolina offensively has played better at home uh, throughout the season. The defenses that they have played on the road versus the defenses they've played at home, a little bit different, Mike. Uh, total defensive ranking, average ranking of road opponents is 19.75. The total defensive uh, ranking or average ranking of home opponents is 49 and what's left is 40 or 56 so obviously they're get they're getting the, the best the best teams are playing defensively they're having to play them in their house and then the teams that are you know maybe a little bit more run of the mill middle of the road maybe not as good they get to play them at home and Spencer Rattler clearly has has been a little bit more comfortable at home it seems like this entire team has been I'm saying all of that to to ask you this question. I, I think what's most important about these four games, if you would like to win all of them, is you have got to be able to run the football. And we found out last night that both Vershawn Lee and Case and Henry are ready to go. They're going to play tomorrow. So you get two tackles back. So, Michael, what are we watching for to see if they can get this running game really where they want it? Not Not just, you know, really where they want it with the next 16 quarters being played in Williams-Brice Stadium. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think, there, you, you know, you, you could tell, you know, you could see a big difference in some of the, you know, the way the line's protected at home versus the way they protected on, on away games. I think that's not a not a big secret. But a lot of it, you know, comes down, like we've always said, the chemistry and camaraderie between those guys, knowing that they all know what they're supposed to do when you can't hear, you can't communicate verbally. Got to use a lot of hand signals and point and then all that. Um, but at home, I think, you know, being able to, con- you know, crowd noise being contained on offense and those guys being able to communicate up front, know what know what to do um, has, you know, helps a ton. It helps immensely. I mean, I think you could see that against, you know, what happened at Missouri, A&M, um, just the struggles. But, um, you know, being able to run the football is a must in this league in general. But I think you know, coming into these next four games, we're going to have to be able to, you know, to be able to run the ball to have some success. I mean, I think Mario Anderson is so close. You've seen he's so close on a, on a couple of a couple of runs from turning something from five to six yards into something that, you know, is an explosive play down the field. So, I mean, you know, the run game is a must, but I think continuing to, you know, with those linemen coming back, Rashawn Lee, Case and Henry, interested to see where those guys play. Um, if Rashawn Lee stays out wide or if he moves back inside um, in case and Henry goes to right tackle, you know, however they decide to do that, um, it's just going to be interesting. Um, you know, I almost like to see Rashawn get back inside and give case and Henry a shot at right tackle. Um, I feel like we've given the other, you know, the other guys an ample amount of time, you know, ample reps, you know, out there at tackle. And we just, you know, we need something different. Um, and I think case and Henry can, you know, could be a difference maker. 
um, hopefully, and him getting some reps against Jacksonville State. I know they have a, a good run defense, but, you know, we can have some success running the ball. I think it's just going to allow our receivers time to get open downfield, um, keep those defenses pinning their ears back really and flying upfield. But, you know, I like what we've tried to do with the run. It's just, you know, we got to be able to block it. I think being at home is going to be a huge game changer for us, those guys being able to communicate uh, a, a lot more effectively. Think about this, too. Nobody's really shut Mario down. No. I mean, no. if you really think about it, and, and ever since he took over as the lead back, he gets his in every game. Now, uh, Tennessee was a, a lot of it a 75-yard touchdown run. Yeah, but he still got it. Missouri, yeah. I think he had that 25-yard run off the goal line. But, but eventually he gets his. And, I mean, even – as bad as the rushing stats were against A&M overall because of the sacks and stuff, 16 carries, 72 yards. That's not a bad day at the office against that that bunch. No. So, okay. you know, if you're Jacksonville State, I mean, you are – dude, you're, you're playing a back that even the best defenses in the country have had problems with so far this year. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, JC. I agree. That's why I think, you know, I, I'm just seeing some of those runs that he's had. He's so close. I mean – He's so close to busting some. Um, you know, he runs hard. He keeps his feet moving. You can see the vision in the hole is really good, um, the way he's able to hit it. And it's just giving him a little bit of room. You know, if he could get to the hole and make one guy – you know, the job is to make one guy miss and then go. Um, make that one guy miss and go. And he's so – you know, he's very close. Um, the line just getting a little bit of push. Really understanding what they're supposed to do and, and, and being able just to go and being able to play fast. So, I – and the one thing I'm looking looking to is, you know, how we – wherever Sean Lee goes, um, I think we'll tell a lot about kind of where they think the line is and, you know, how far along Case and Henry is, um, you know, not only in his rehab. You know, he earned the start at right tackle. Um, you know, I know it was a kind of a last-second decision, but I think a guy like him being able to get him reps, I think he only gets better and better. Um, you know, from a size standpoint, he's got it. So it's going to be I'm, – I'm interested to see how we – come out with that with that front five and, you know, who that starting five is and, and, and where they are. I think that's going to be huge. What's that going to be like for Case and Henry? J, uh, JC said earlier uh, that he's, uh, quote, mean as a snake. And I asked him to clarify whether he meant a grass snake or a rattlesnake, and he said a rattlesnake. So that's always good to hear. Um, but Case and Henry hasn't played since the first game of the season, Michael. So I guess – I mean, there. I think that there will be a challenge on the, on the defensive side for the other Gamecocks, Jacksonville State. They have they have been pretty good over there this year, although you know they have they haven't played anybody in the SEC like South Carolina. Um, but they, but in the in the same breath, Case and Henry, no disrespect at all intended, isn't walking out there and facing Georgia this week or or Missouri or A and M or any of these other defenses they've seen. Uh, he, he gets to see Jacksonville State, so. I don't know if he starts. I, I feel like he's going to play because when Shane says he's going to play, he puts him in there. Um, so what would that be like for him? Like what, what is important for him to kind of start to feel good about himself again? I mean, really, a lot of it is just game reps, getting getting those rep, getting those reps. I mean, practice reps and game reps are a lot different. Um, and just being able to get those reps, have some success, and really feel good about it. I mean, that's really it. Um you know, him getting in there and feeling comfortable, you know, the mo it's going to be a, a, a cool moment being at home and getting, you know, your first start in, in that true home environment and going to be amped up and, you know, all that and just get settled in and just 
do what you've been doing. Um, and just go out there and do what you've done to earn that earn that starting job. But yeah, you'd be amped up and hyped up as a you know young guy getting your first start at home in front of home fan base. I mean, you know, don't get caught up in the moment too much. Um, the first drive could always be a little rough. Um, you know, going out there and you know overcommitting or overthinking it and overdoing things and um, get beat underneath or you know. But no, nah, I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, look, they they just have not been healthy at all. Uh, on the offensive front. So now you've got options. You know, now you got options. Uh you, you've got guys who can who can move around and do different things. You get this week, you get next week against a pretty porous Vanderbilt defense, although I mentioned earlier, careful Auburn tomorrow. Careful. Uh, but you've got Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt. You feel like eight good quarters to get yourself a couple of wins, get to four and six, and then you got Kentucky and and you got Clemson. All right, Mike. Um on, on the offensive uh, side of the football um, for for Spencer Rattler, or coming back to the offensive side of the football for Spencer Rattler, uh, he's only thrown 11 incompletions all year long inside of Williams-Brice Stadium. So that's that's pretty good. So what do we anticipate? Uh, what do we anticipate moving forward? Like what have you seen, if anything, outside of just the talent level of the competition they've played against? It's been a little bit different for him uh, in the friendly confines of his own ballpark. I mean, that's, you know, it's tough to call. I think a lot of it comes down to protection and just giving him time to throw the ball. I mean, if he's got, if he's got time to throw it, he could take a drop, make his reads and progressions and cut it loose. You've seen, you know, through throughout the season, these, these games, what he can do with the football when he's got protection and how accurate and really dynamic he can be. Um, I mean, I think that's simply what it comes down to, you know, giving him some time to be able to drop back, make his progression, throw the football. And I think that's really what it is. I mean, you see on the road when he's had a little bit of time to do it. And some of the some of the throws that he's made under under pressure, under duress have been pretty dang good. And um, I think being able to protect him, you know, for just a little bit longer and allowing him to get to those progressions. I think that's you know, that's why he's. You can see why he's so so good and why he can throw it so well. Is when you give him some time, he can he can spin it. And I think that's I think really I think that's it. Um, you know I think it's you, you simply comes down to protecting him and giving him time to be able to throw the ball. And I think that's really what it what it boils down to. We finally got a touchdown last week, or at least got a got another touchdown for my man Josh Simon. I mean, when you watch him play, Mike. What do you see? I, I love watching this kid play ball. Uh, I just feel like he's got all the tools. I know Trey Knox has been tight end one. Now, Trey is more than likely not playing this weekend. Shane didn't rule him out, um, but it seems more than likely. So that means that Josh Simon is going to be the the guy. He's going to be the number one guy this weekend. What do you like about his game? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you why we haven't seen him because I know you're not in the offensive uh offensive coaches room every week preparing but when you watch him play what what do you see i mean you see a really good athlete a guy that's got size and you know the size to play tight end but moves like a moves like a receiver um you know he's really athletic and and can and can move but i think a lot of it comes down to why we may not have have seen him as much i think and i'm just you know pure speculation on my part but you know, when you have a guy that you got to bring in line, um, you got to be able to block. 
Um, you got to be physical. You got to be able to block. And that could potentially be, you know, why he hasn't played as much or played as much, you know, in line is, you know, is, is blocking and that physical, physicalness, toughness, and really being able to able to get after it in the run game or, you know, having to be used in pass protection at, at, at times, um, you know, but phenomenal athlete. I mean, you can see what, you know, he gets open, he can, he can move when he gets the ball. And, uh, you know, it's fun to watch those guys, um, those big guys that can really just move and, you know, move, you know, move like a receiver, um, you know, that big, but I think a lot of it's going comes down to toughness and physicalness, you know, in line when you're, you know, lined up down there to block um, and really being able to help protect and, 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 and also run block. I mean, I know early on in the season, you know, Trey wasn't doing, wasn't having any much success in the blocking game and really had to bear down and get physical. And, um, you know, it's what it's all about, you know, at the tight end position. Uh, but, you know, those guys are great athletes and, um, you know, we got to be able to block as well. What's going on with Kai Kroger, Mike? Man, I don't know. That's a tough one because, you know, he's been booming the ball. And I think a lot of what you see has been some tough, you know, some, I say poor punts for him, um, you know, poor punts in big time moments and big time situations, which I think is highlighted, you know, a lot of what the struggles that he's having are is, you know, he's, he's had some tough ones in, in big time moments and, um, you know, I think that's part of it, but you know, there's, there's no telling, man. I'm, you know, they always say like the, in you, you, you leave the kickers alone. You don't ever want to get in the head of a kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so one thing that we always did with, you know, between Weaver, Josh Brown, suck up, just let them go, let them do their thing. Um, but I think, you know, coach Limbo is an unbelievable special teams coach and, and gets it and, and knows how to help, you know, guys like that when you kind of start getting into your own head um, and how to try to get out of it. But, you know, you hate to have to punt more as much as we have been. And I think that's part of it too, but you know, it, it's, uh, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But I think it's been, you know, it's just the been highlighted by the moments and points in time of the game where some of those tough punts have come. And my final question for you, Mike, before we get your thoughts on the game and get you out of here, one of these, one of these two knuckleheads may have something. But um, Nick Harbor is he—he's. It seems like he's playing faster. It seems like the lights kind of come on, and and that's been proven by the amount of opportunities he's had to make plays in the last couple of weeks. I think he had six catches last week for fifty-nine yards, if if my memory serves me correctly, and I think he was targeted eight total times uh, in the ball game. Clearly, injuries have allowed him to to get on the field a little bit more than, I don't know, maybe they were thinking about putting him out there, or maybe not. Maybe he's also just earning that co- uh, coincidentally. But uh, nonetheless, it looks like the comfort is there, and it looks like him, you were a wide receiver at South Carolina. Uh, you know, you, you have to build rapport with your quarterback. It certainly looks like him and Spencer have begun to do that. I think he's going to have a big game this weekend, Mike. I, I just feel like the time is right. I thought last week he'd probably have a nice week as well, and he did. And it just seems like this thing's going to continue to build and give them another weapon here down the stretch. So those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts about how you've watched him progress uh, over the last couple of months? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been really cool to see. I mean, I know he hasn't played a whole lot, you know, coming into the, coming into last game and, you know, specifically because of, 
the guys in front of them. But a lot of it comes down to consistency, um, consistency, catching the football, um, making sure you're running the right routes, knowing what you're supposed to be doing. That's a lot of it. That's a lot of what, you know, we don't see in practice is a, a really good understanding of the playbook. And, you know, we always like to say, well, you know, put a special package in there for them and this. But, you know, you don't really know what's being called when you're in the game. It's not you're calling specific plays because somebody's there. The offensive coordinator's in a rhythm, and they're calling plays. They're trying to get it in there. They're not necessarily all of the time. Now, there are specific packages and plays you make sure certain folks are in there for. But, you know, there's throughout the course of the game, you're not, you're not checking to see who's there, you know, what personnel you have in there as far as, you know, the players. And, you know, knowing that 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 guy on the field knows what he's doing um, from a route running standpoint, that's kind of a lot of what we don't see uh, on the practice field. And it's that consistency of catching the football. You know, you saw the drop early, um, early in the game. And there was another catch in there that made it look a little made it look tough. And just, you know, you're there and it's like, you know, but I think a lot of that is is some nerves, um, you know, early on being in that environment. But as he got into the game, you saw that consistency and you saw him really just kind of settle in and start to play fast. And, um, you know, you know, I think it only get you know better from here. I think just that consistency piece and what in practice and making sure that, you know, the quarterback trusts that you know what you, you know, you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know, what route to run, um, you know, not running the wrong routes and putting the ball in jeopardy. So I think that was that, you know, potentially played into it um, getting here in the summer. And, you know, not being able to really go through spring and, uh, you know, and get a f- good feel for the playbook. But um, I think you could see as he's progressed and, you know, gotten more reps and especially last week, you know, getting targets and, and Spencer really trusting him. I mean, that goes yep. a long way. I think this Mike, I mean, you're a receiver. What's job number one? Catch the football. Catch the damn ball, you know. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I, that's what I've been impressed with this kid for, you know, because he – he is young. He is kind of out there. So he's a great athlete. Everybody knows that. But he and, and Shane said this week, you know, he's a lot like Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, every practice, before practice, after practice, reps, 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 hands, hands, hands. Uh, and Clint mentions in the chat box, he is fighting the ball a little bit. You can tell because some of those passes, he yeah. catches it and it's secure, but you're like, Glad well, he held it, on to that it, one. Yeah, it looks like it looks just like Xavier did the last yeah, couple of years. No doubt, no doubt. And Xavier, all of a sudden, about midway uh, twenty twenty one or twenty, like down the stretch last year, all of a sudden Xavier's making these. Like he would have like one cr- crazy catch a game. Like how in the hell did he do that? No um, and and so he's Nick's progressing faster than Xavier, and and you know Xavier had some injuries and stuff that obviously set him back, but. Uh, you know, that's job number one. So, so Michael, I, I've been impressed with the fact that, you know, they've targeted him, what, 13 times, and he's he's only had really the one drop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and that's a great way to put it is fighting the football. I mean, you see you see guys that have – that start to have some confidence issues, and it goes back to like what you said about Xavier Leggett. You know, you, you start to have some tough drops in games, and it just – it's in your head, and you start, like I said, fighting the football. And you try to you, – you, you, you attack it instead of letting it come to you. And, you know, making it natural, you know, catching the football for a receiver should be, you know, should be natural. Um, you know, like, like, you know, the, the saying is there, there's a reason those guys play defensive back um, instead of receiver. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just confidence um, and it's making those plays. I think him being making those plays at the end, like exactly Xavier Leggett is, is, a, is a huge example 
of you see when he, he starts to get that confidence back, he's making unbelievable catches. Um, you know, after some tough, some tough drops last year and earlier in his career, um, you see him make some of those unbelievable catches, but then you see some of those tough drops and that really takes, I mean, it really, you know, it, it, it rattles you a little bit and it's just, you know, you got to be able to stay in the game and be able to, to, to get comfortable and, you know, catch the ball and, you know, like I said, don't fight it, but that, that, that does, I mean, those, some of those drops are tough on you mentally um, out there and you tend to attack the ball more than just, you know, letting it happen naturally. Got to let you run here, Mike. Uh, end of hour two. Quick pick on the game tomorrow. You know, I, 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 like you said earlier, being able to run the football. I think with some of these guys coming back, I think we can. You know, I'd like to see us come out and establish that line of scrimmage. Um, be able to have some success running the football. Protect Rattler to where he can get that ball downfield. I think we'd all love to see Nick Harbor on a on a go or a post or a corner. You know, something deep downfield and get the ball in his hands and really see that that stride start to go. Um, and really see that speed that everybody's been wanting to see. But if we can just protect him, um, you know, he can sling it all over the field. And, he, you know, he's been unbelievably accurate, even under duress. But come out, be able to run the ball, and then be able to build off that run game and being able to sling it downfield and let Rattler go out there and let those guys just go out there and have fun. Um, go have fun again. And, you know, I think Carolina, I think, you know, I think we have a big day. Um you know, I think all these guys have, you know, back to having fun out there. And I think we, you know, we win pretty good. I think, I think we put up, you know, 45 points. Um, and I think we kind of run away with it. Now looking at, you know, 40, 45, 17. Um, you know, I really like this offense at home. And if we can just protect Bradley, I think we can have a big day. Well, I sure hope you're right. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, my friend. Safe travels to the capital city. Great stuff. As always, and uh, remember, swipe right. (laughs) See y'all later. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 414-5271 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. 
Gamecock operate. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. all over the state of South Carolina. Some photos in there. User-submitted photos from Loris, Conway, and Gilbert, South Carolina. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barn Dominium Co. and Chickencock says cheers to all of those small towns who tonight will be cheering loud as their high school teams take the field in the first round of the playoffs. Good luck. To all the young men that will run out there, and uh, and maybe good. maybe tie it up for the last time. Hopefully not. But um, good luck to every high school football team that will be playing tonight here in the great state of South Carolina. If you would like to submit a photo to be in our uh, hometown chicken cock cheers top of the hour uh, piece of production there then you can do that on the app in the connect section just send it right to us and uh, we'll make sure that we plug it in then really appreciate those from gilbert loris and conway for already sending us a couple of photos of their hometowns good luck to those burns rebels tonight baby nixon field yep should be electric a sea of blue and red on one side a sea of baby blue and whatever on the other side the cavaliers coming into town are right up uh, Highway 290, actually. Uh, that's the way. The, the new Dorman, yeah, it's just right up 290 with uh, the old Dorman. That was just you go from the mall to Burns. But, man, oh, man. God, I would love to be there. 
Instead, I'm here in the frozen tundra. And the kids play. Uh, the kids team got beat last week pretty badly, like bad, like like just. I mean, it, it was crazy because the stadium. Uh, all right, so we're at Maine South High School. It's like the state of Maine South High School. It's right next to O'Hare. So you're watching this high school football game, and there's 747s coming about 100 feet off the ground over the top the whole yeah. time, uh, in from China or wherever else. Uh, Maine North High School is where they filmed the Breakfast Club, the interior shots. Mm. So it's right down the road from there, and then the Rosemont area, uh, which brings me back to something I got to say. I got to finish my point about the Big Ten, because uh, I'm not done with these guys, right? <laughs> this is the same conference. Hold on a try- second. Are you referencing the report that just came out about Michigan and the evidence they claim to have against Ohio State? No. Because that that, that doesn't matter that Ohio State investigated them, okay? (laughs) Ohio State hadn't done anything wrong. It's not you can you can investigate another school. South Carolina turned Clemson in, Clemson turned South Carolina in plenty of times. Now most most in state in the South, if you notice like Alabama and Auburn have been in trouble through the years, you notice they never turn each other in. There's a reason for that. <laughs> so, I don't know that our policy around here has been productive through through the years. If you if you, if you catch my drift, it's always like Mississippi State or Florida that turns in one of the Alabama schools. But uh, and then of course the, the Mississippi's will turn it to each other. But anyway, I'm not rever- I'm talking about the Big Ten in general. This is what a bunch of hypocrites these people are. Okay, this is the same conference that tried to cancel the entire season in 2020. When there was clear evidence from multiple from multiple doctors that did not have that knew what they were talking about that it was it was safe as long as you followed protocols, and that season was sort of a disaster for a lot of programs and weird and, and it was uncomfortable. But they played it, didn't they? And then they reversed course and went. Okay, so their buddies, the Pac-12, they talked them into canceling the season too, and because of state laws out there, they were even even slower to get started back up. And if it hadn't been for the big big brother telling them to do it. They probably would have waited. So, so then they go and form an alliance with the ACC and Pac-12 and start talking about academics because they're pissed off because Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC. And they're painting the SEC as the bad guy, right? Well, then all they do is go stab. They destroy the Pac-12, a conference that's that's been their friend, that's always been followed right along with whatever they want. You know, blah, 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 we love you, blah, blah, blah. Destroyed the Pac-12. Not only that, they care about academics. Well, two of the best academic schools in the conference are now members of the ACC because they didn't get a seat at the table. Okay, so that that's, that's hypocritical as you know what. Ohio State's athletic directors out there in front of every congr- congressional hearing bitching about NIL. Listen, folks, I talk to coaches at multiple Southern schools that they can't even get in the game with with kids from the South that have Ohio State offers because of the money that they've been promised. They are the ring leaders in all of this. Urban Meyer is in charge of their collective. You don't think, oh, Urban's bored as hell. We need to we need to raise some money for the Buckeyes, right? You know, you don't think he's a good fundraiser. Uh, as competitive as that guy is, these guys caused all of college football to only sign twenty five players for five years. Because of some fuzzy math they made up about the SEC oversigning, and acted like the SEC schools were just kicking guys off the team when it wasn't true. The SEC has junior college guys; they give kids chance opportunity. I thought coming into college, I thought they were all about opportunity for everybody, right? So that's hypocritical. They backstabbed the pack. They killed the Pac-12. They killed the Pac-12. Now you know they're making their student athletes fly all the way from from New York to LA. 
And by God, if it weren't for the, the, the that stupid contract the ACC signed, they probably have about three or four ACC schools in there too. So they stabbed them in the face too. Um, they're and and, they're, and now they're not punishing Michigan for something that uh, that goes to the heart of competitiveness and, and sportsmanship. That cuts the fabric. It's about the fabric of the game of football. I think these people are greedy. I think they're hypocritical. I think they're a bunch of academic snobs. I think they're ridiculous of what all they've accused the SEC of through the years. And the proof is in the pudding. You know, there's nothing like this. Those six things I just mentioned happening in the SEC. And Greg Sankey, by God, if Alabama were stealing signals, Alabama would not be going to Atlanta. Uh, I, you can say you can deny. You can say it. Oh no, you're not. You're oh, that's a stretch, JC. Oh, no, uh, I, I think I think people care about the game of football more down here than than it just be a, a money grab. Although we do make a lot of money off of it because of the passion of the fans, there is more of a caretaking of the game with Greg Sankey and the SEC than the Big Ten has ever had a chance to be. And you look at all the when there's a major major scandal, man. These days, look, it's the Big Ten schools. It's the Big Ten schools. Northwestern, Michigan State, they got caught up in it this year. I don't think Northwestern was as big of a deal as people thought. You know, and so these these people are hypocritical snobs, and, and I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them. And if they don't punish Michigan for this, and I hate it because I like Harbaugh. And I like Michigan. And some of my friends are Michigan fans. We have Michigan fans that listen to uh you know, JC and Morgan, that and I, my, my trainer, God, I miss him a lot. Uh, the, the Hammer back in Greenville, South Carolina, Jay Hammerbacher loves Michigan. Uh, you know, and, and we always talk about Michigan and stuff. I, I, I don't have a problem with that program. I just think that the Big Ten in general is full of hypocrites, and this is yet another example of it. I just, I can't stand it. I, I'm just, I'm tired. I just the hypocrisy. This is the same league because obviously the Pac-12 had no guts, no balls, no nothing this whole time. This is the same league that until 1998 refused to take part in a national championship. And so we had split titles and crap like with the Rose Bowl every because the Rose Bowl was that important. <laughs> Think are, are, You have to start asking yourself. I mean, it's a super league. They're making a ton of money. Fox is making a, a, a king's ransom off of them and controlling them. You have to ask yourself at some point, and the academics won't tell you this, is the Big Ten really good for college sports? No, they're not. And especially if they don't take action here. Because like I said, they're more powerful than the NCAA. You know, the NCAA is toothless in all this. Hmm. Anything else? Well said. No, I just, uh, you know, and I, I live up here, and I love their fans. I love the schools. You know, I, 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 I think it's the leadership. I think they're a bunch of, of charlatans, and they, they pretend one thing and then do the other. And you could probably ask the, the Pac-12 about that. Ask Oregon State and Washington State about that. Well, on that note, the Big Ten will be playing football this weekend. Ohio State. Has to go to Rutgers tomorrow. Are people sleeping on this game? Mm, could be a letdown game for the Buckeyes. Could. Could Maybe. be. Yeah. I don't know. Rutgers, Rutgers is good at winning against like 
your your down teams. How about this? Could it eat in the middle? I don't know about the top. Yeah, could (laughs) it's a it's a noon game in Piscataway, New Jersey. Could it be closer than we think? Oh, it'll be the typical Ohio State narrative where it's like you look at it early in the third quarter and you're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And then it'll be like, you know, the, the 17th I mean, yeah. win at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. In the opener at Indiana, Ohio State, you know, Ohio State's been one of those teams. They've gotten better and better. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think Purdue was at home against them and Purdue was getting like 21. And I was like, well, shoot, they've struggled. So I'm like, I'll, I'll take those points. And. Oh boy, thirty-four to nothing later, or something like that. I was beaten. I was defeated, uh, and they've answered every call. Um, I think it is sort of a letdown game, uh, but I mean, shoot, like Ohio State travels excellently, and you give them a road game in a city like New York, they're going to take advantage of that. I mean, I guess it's not as fun to visit New York as maybe it once was, but it's still a Still a fun trip, just like them coming here to Northwestern. They take over the stadium, so I uh, I don't think they're going to have any problems. I, I think it's it's a one game season for them, and that'll happen in Ann Arbor here uh, the week after uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving. By the way, I can't remember the last time that I saw CBS where uh, uh, air three consecutive college football games because this game's on CBS, and then you got Missouri at Georgia, and then you got LSU at Alabama. So it's a yeah. day. On CBS, hey, hey, CBS the is the parent company of twenty four seven sports. Actually, Paramount is the whole thing now. Uh, and no, they don't own Carowinds anymore. Remember Paramount's Carowinds? Uh, that would be cool. But uh, no, it's so yeah, twenty four seven sports, home of the bigspur.com. dot com. So hey, the, the if the if they're doing well, I'm happy. I am going to miss the SEC broadcast though because I think CBS does such a great job of producing. Don't yeah, you, Jamie? Yes, uh, and Mike. Mike could probably agree. I think on this, he's the TV 100%. guy, but Jamie's got production skills as well. So I, I just think it's a it's a beautifully orchestrated production, and I, I and nothing is ESPN. Uh, I'm gonna miss first SEC. I I don't want to see it for Iowa and Minnesota and all that, but I guess I'll have to. But yeah, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it. I mean, remember it's it's CBS's property, so they they use it now on the CBS Sports Network. Oh yeah, uh, they use it for everything on CBS if they want to fo- from a football standpoint. You'll, you'll still get it when Wyoming, well, yeah, Wyoming pops up on that CBS Sports Network. They're on it tonight. They got the Mountain West, o'clock. yeah. So yeah. you're gonna hear it. Da-na-na-na. They put oh, CBS CBS Sports Network's also got the game against Virginia Tech uh, basketball in Charlotte coming up. Yeah, uh, and so you hear that da 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 da. Yeah, they have the the CBS Sports has the best music. It's the best music, I'm told. <laughs> the absolute best. Just to be clear here, both of you did pick uh, Ohio State to win the game at Rutgers, right? We're Are we picking out. now? Yeah. Well, we've got so we've got some uh, just some some quick picks to get in here. We'll pick we'll make our picks here coming up in just a little bit. Just a couple of quick ones to squeeze in. Eighteen games on the docket this week for multiple reasons. Wow! But I've got both of you down as uh, Ohio State, right? Yeah, I think yeah, Buckeyes will win. I, I think I think they deserve to be number one. I mean, as much as I just went off on the Big Ten, I do think Ohio State is number one. Yeah, well, they are number one, that's for sure. And, Phil, you think that they will still be number one. Oh, yeah. Ohio State. Now, now, I'll say this. If Georgia 
Wallops, going like Missouri. they're going. Yeah, if Georgia yeah, keeps going like they're going, Georgia, Georgia will beat that ass. It won't be close yeah. like last year. No. Because <laughs> cause be. McCord, McCord is not as good as, as the other guy. No. Yeah, if Georgia and Georgia's getting more disruptive on defense here. That, yeah, now, that now, side of the ball is gelling. <laughs> now I'll say this: Ohio State's defense is much better than it was last season. Yeah, I mean, that, sure. Jim Knowles is a good a good D coordinator. He was in Oklahoma State before Ohio State, and you look out there and like one for one year, Gundy's guys are playing great defense, and then he left, <laughs> like most coaches do. Derek Mason replaced him, and then he left. So I don't know. Staying in the Big Ten here, not sure if anybody's paying attention. If you're not here, I'll fill you in. If Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota all lose tomorrow, and you go, oh, well, geez, if Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota all lose, what is the likelihood of that happening? Well, it's not that far-fetched. Wisconsin's only a nine-point favorite on the road at Indiana. Iowa is on the road at Northwestern. They're just five-point favorites in that game. And... Uh, and Minnesota is hosting Illinois, and they're only one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. They all could lose tomorrow. If they do and Nebraska wins, Nebraska is in first place in the division. Who'd have thunk it? Nebraska could, could win that division, guys. I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't hold the tiebreaker with Minnesota because they lost. They still right. have, they they have not played Wisconsin or Iowa yet. Right. Not yet, but by record they would be in first place. But tomorrow they play at Michigan State and they're three point favorites. Do they win that game? Man, I, Michigan State they they yeah, they, they get those those boys have given up. Now Marcus Satterfield happens. Yeah, you could have that one game. You know, I bet I bet. <laughs> Let I, 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 I bet so my funny. man is. I bet. I bet he smells blood because Michigan State's terrible, and he's like put in like seventeen new personnel packages. Yeah. And, uh, I'll say this: since they switched to the quarter, the, the new quarterback from Sims, they, they've been better offensively. They're still not a juggernaut, but uh, yeah. But I bet. I bet he's like. I bet he brought out the the Bible <laughs> for this, and he threw Genesis and Exodus away. He's already down to Revelation now. Yeah, and and yeah. and the three Johns, not the Gospel of John, but the three later, First John, Second John, Third John, Jude, Revelation. He's there. Yeah, Genesis and Exodus are long gone. Yeah, there's going to be guys on the field that they have they haven't played all year. <laughs> they, I mean, you know, there'll be four tight end sets. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be shuffling people. It'll, it'll look like a parade, I, I, like I, like I, ants I, marching back and forth. I think the issue is if Michigan State can score or not. Their offense has been putrid. I mean, putrid since they beat Richmond in week two when they hung 45 on them. They've scored 7, 9, 16, 24, 0, and 12. The Nebraska defense is good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nebraska Nebraska will win. And, And look, man. You guys know how I feel. By the way, did you guys see there was an assistant coach hot seat article? I think Brad may have written it on on uh, 24-7. Mm-hmm. Satterfield was on there. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Clayton White was on there, too. But uh, Satterfield was on there. I was like, God, oh, man. But, look, I you know, I, I think Nebraska's going to win, and I think, you know, Iowa can't score either. So, that game could end up 6-3 to three, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, they don't hold the. They, they need Minnesota to lose, but and then Wisconsin. Wisconsin's had trouble at times too, man. So I, I mean, it it may be twelve to nine, but the Huskers could come out of the West. Wow, that'll be an 
iconic matchup, Nebraska versus Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State in yeah. Indy. That would be something. There's uh, there's no doubt. All right, we got to step aside. It is 124. We're dressed today by the fine folks at Britain's on Divine Street in Columbia. Thanks to Perry and his entire team. If you are headed up the road this weekend to watch the Gamecocks play and you want one of these sweet shirts you don't even realize you're wearing, that's where you get it. You can always get size for a suit as well and pretty much anything else in the fine clothing world at Britain's. They've been there forever, and they if you ever watch Shane Beamer's show, he's always dressed with what Perry puts him in. Britain's on Divine Street. Thankful to have them as one of the great partners here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It'll be a little chilly tomorrow morning before the game. Might want to take some to warm yourself up. I will be. That's for sure. Hang tight. We will be right back. Hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington and the Target Center, and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number, 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online, or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, elliptigos, and more Proud partners of Carolina Rise Inside the Gamecocks And the Chiefs Sports Network CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. Their fighting game are introduced. So this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. All right, 127, welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is the final hour of programming today and for the week, and it's driven by the fine folks that love Chevy in Columbia, South Carolina. Love Chevrolet, where you can find your end-of-year deal today. They've got beautiful rides, beautiful trucks, beautiful everything in between, and great prices, great deals. And that is why many folks from around here, where I am on the coast, make their way to the Midlands because they save money. That's why, because a lot of the vehicles run here are just incredibly overpriced. 
let's just call it like it is. Thanks to Love Chevy for allowing all of us to be able to afford to drive to work and drive our children to school. Picks coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and that'll take us home here on uh, what has really turned out to just be a beautiful Friday as we all begin to make our way in for the first of consecutive noon games in Columbia this week, next week, and then we'll see what lies ahead for the Wildcats of Kentucky and the Clemson Tigers coming up on Thanksgiving weekend. Again, one more quick reminder of a couple of things in the Chief Sports app for all of you whom have downloaded. Thank you. You can play the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge now by going and making your picks there. Click the Salsaritas button on the home screen of the app, and then also uh, make sure that you click the party button because you can buy your tickets for the Friday night pregame party, the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue at the Rockbridge Club in Columbia. It will begin at 7 o'clock. you got food, hors d'oeuvres, drinks all included in that band fun and friends might even see us there who knows right um in addition to that with the holidays coming right around the corner we also have our holiday tab up in the chief sports app if you'd like to start getting your uh your christmas shopping in we've got some great stuff in there from our partners you you can click on those images and it'll take you to the websites and those things want to make sure that we mention our friends rescues and resin if you came to the uh pre uh game party in charlotte before north carolina and south carolina you saw them out there they custom design uh, wood and uh, resin products and they are the coolest things ever and they also are donating a large percentage as opposed to some of the other not folks with carolina rise but some others we've heard who donate really strange amounts to their respective collectives not these guys. They are donating to Carolina Rise. They are proud partners of Carolina Rise. Uh, and uh, every uh, purchase that uh, is made, a percentage of that purchase goes to Carolina Rise. You will see those numbers soon uh, once we start adding them up. You can find them in our app. and You've seen their commercials running here. Um, but if you want some – I mean, you talk about neat stuff. JC knows what I'm talking about. Phil knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. We sat there in their tent, and we're in awe with what they can do. This is veteran-owned. He's mm-hmm. former special forces. Yeah. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Tabitha is as sweet as they come. Rescues oh, and resin. Man. Find them in our app and get your order in because you can't. Hey, look, if you try to custom order in the middle of December, you ain't getting it by Christmas. So you better go ahead and do it now. And we're proud partners with those guys. Yeah, I love their stuff. I mean, tables, uh, coasters. The the coasters are, you know, obviously on the on the lesser expensive end. Uh, we ended up. Um, Gosh, ended up making about eight hundred dollars uh, for Carolina Rise just from the tailgate. Uh, like Dustin, Dusty's super dude. I mean, he's an I consider him a hero because uh, mm-hmm. of, of how he served our country. Uh, and Tabitha is, is really nice. I mean, they're, they're just great people uh, who have an artistic talent that's you're not going to find it anywhere else. Um, and, and it's Gamecock stuff. I mean, it, it's something to where. You could buy a table or, or something like that. People are going to come to your house and go, "Man, where'd you get these? This oh, is yeah. bad. This is badass." So, yeah. uh, and I, I and they're, they're they're dog lovers. I mean, you know, it's 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 a no brainer for our audience to to take advantage of their products. And, and like he said, I, I don't know, you know, I I, I know they're 
really looking to expand their business and stuff. And uh, even if they weren't giving anything to Carolina Rise, I would still get behind this product. I, I want everybody oh. to know that They're just because of the people they are and what they stand for and and, and the job they do. I mean, it, it, it's the it hits it, it, they knock it out of the park. Yeah, they they it's I, I you you can't say any better than that. I mean, you just you can't. So rescues and resin. Remember that name. You better. I'm telling you. You get your order in. Yeah. You better you better get the order in. You better you better do it quick uh because you got the the holidays coming up and they're going to have to have some time. Phil, I just sent you an email if you'll check that. Uh and um we'll try to pop some of those photos up here before we make our picks. Uh before we do that though, a couple of uh, updates from the Big Spur uh via their uh very humble and fearless leader JC Schubert. Yeah, I just want to, everybody. If people are asking in the chat box, and I, unlike some days when I just forget about it, um, I uh, I made some notes because I knew we were busy today. Uh, Murray Boyles for basketball, uh, seventy six or somebody says something about oh an injury bug. It's not an injury. He has mono. No, he's got mono. Uh, yeah, we, so we reported that two days ago. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just want people to know that because everybody just hears out indefinitely. That's something that could take a little time. And then it it when you're sick with mono, sometimes yeah. it takes a while to get your energy back. You're, you're looking at a month there, from what? Yeah. I so, um, and that sucks because he's good, but it's not something like uh, he's out for the year, like like Debo last year with his Achilles. You know, this is something that in time will get better, and they still think he's going to be really good. So he should be back by SEC play, and uh, I I think the schedule's manageable as it is get through it, win your share, and then getting him back at SEC play, that could, that could really give the team a boost, but it, it does look like a long road to recovery. Uh, and from that standpoint, uh, somebody asked about Dowell Loggins to Arkansas. I've heard nothing about that. I do know uh, Sam Pittman loves Dowell Loggins. I know a lot of the Hog fans love Dowell Hot Loggins. I think if you're Dowell Loggins, though, uh, I, 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 I think you could get that job as a head coach. Uh, if you if if you waited for things to kind of play out out there, uh, you know the the name I've heard if they got rid of Pittman's Dan Mullen, because uh, Dan's going to get another job. I mean, it was stupid for Florida probably to fire him, but uh, if I'm Dow, I don't know that I'm going to get. Now I don't know. Mama called. He's a hog. All that good stuff. Pittman comes. They offer him a, a strong ass deal. To quote. Uh, Who's our boy that coached at Clemson that was at LSU last uh, that got fired? Uh, where he said strong ass deal, but uh, I don't know. But I've heard nothing about that. Somebody asked about CJ Stokes from Michigan, former Hammond star coming back from Michigan. If they get popped uh, with the need at running back, that would be obviously a no brainer. Uh, he wasn't all that interested before, uh, but if he's looking to get out of Michigan, you know, a lot of times you know kids will come back home, uh, and I think he's good. I think he's probably better than we thought. Um, and all that. How long has Case and Henry been out was another question, and he's been out since the first play of the first game. And he was out for a while during preseason, too. He only had two weeks of preseason practice, which was, which impressed me because in that two weeks he won the starting job, which tells me a little something about him uh, there. So that's, uh, that's the deal uh, with all of that uh, that I had uh, updates on uh, across the board. I'm trying to think if there was something else. No. Um, oh, I have down here. Keep Mario Anderson healthy for these last four games. Because yeah, I, I, I think the trajectory 
or the chances of winning out changes dramatically if he's hurt. I, I think a lot of the keys to the game today are actually really keys to November. Yeah. Um, and and I, I kind of bouncing off of that, JC, I'll say the same thing here. But one of my keys to the game was uh, get get the get a healthy offensive line kind of back in the flow. You know where where they're they're feeling each other out, they're communicating, they feel like a unit up there instead of five different players, and help that establish the run game because they're going to need it. Um, and uh, seal the edges on defense specific to this game, and then create some turnovers. I mentioned that earlier as well. Uh, creating turnovers not only will help you win the game here, but it will help you win the next three as well. They, they this defense has proven they can't really they, they're not much without creating turnovers. They just they just aren't, and and quite frankly, they really haven't been much for th- for three years unless they've created turnovers. Um, and um, so create them if they can and. Like you said earlier, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that, you know, gets them going. You get one, you start feeling the flow. Funny things happen. The football gods show up. You never know, and and that's what they're going to hope for today and throughout the next few games. So we shall see. Um, Mad Dog Schubert, you ready to make some picks? Sure. Hey, yeah. Mad Dog. You're right. Play a little music favor. behind it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's how we do it here. Uh, the, the, this portion of the program today is presented by our friends at Rescues and Resin. I want to make sure we showed some of their products. If you're looking to custom design like these, I've got him getting me a, a set of these coasters. Um, these will be uh, custom-made coasters. I think we're going to go with the Gamecocks ones. Um, I can't say what I'm going to do with them just yet because that has something to do with family. But um, – they 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 custom make all kinds of stuff. They'll even custom make oyster tables if you really want a nice oyster table. Look at those. Look at this. Look how sweet that is. Uh, JC, I don't know if you got a – did you get some of those at the – did you take some of those home or no from Charlotte? I, I had some in my hands, and uh, they got left in a box that also has some other stuff that I should not have left in Charlotte. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Me too. Oh, yes. <laughs> there was uh, – yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I. But, care, Charlotte. What else you got there? Uh, and a little bit of my dignity. There you go. Look at those. Look at those. Uh, yeah. Carol- Carolina Rise. And I, I love our Carolina Rise logo. I, I think uh, Ted. Ted that does. Ted. Ted did the logo for this show. He did the Carolina Rise logo and also does the logos for Big Spur twenty four seven. So. I like this. Really talented. That's a cutting yeah. board. Yeah. And, and you can get Gamecocks or Carolina Rise. You don't have to get Rise. You can get uh, you can get Gamecocks. I may commission a piece for back behind me here, but on the yeah. wall. Yeah, mm-hmm. little, little wall art, little wall yeah. art. I hear you there, Mad Dog. That's Good right. game. Mm-hmm. Rescues in resin. You can find them right there in the Chief Sports app. Uh, it is very very easy in the partnership section and also in the holiday section. All right, here we go. Tonight at eight o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. War Memorial Stadium in Laramie will be chilly because it's November, of course. And it'll also be fun. This is a rivalry of a couple of teams that just flat out, I don't like each other. They don't like each other. <laughs> they don't like each other at all. It'll be a 6 o'clock kick there on the uh, CBS Sports Network, as I mentioned just a moment ago. Wyoming, they are favorites in the ball game by six points. JC. I didn't realize oh. this was as big a deal 
as as big a rivalry as it really is. This is a huge rivalry. Yeah, they hate each other. Yeah, I mean, this is like hate. Yeah, I don't like it. Love a game like that. Give me Wyoming. I know it's something, but yeah. (laughs) Go Wyo. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes, man. I'll forever be a... Uh, because of Jamie, I will always be a Wyoming fan. So. Same. Yep. <laughs> Did Jamie, it, Jamie just walk off the set? That's it. I mean, that was it. And just, that's it for the picks. No. And that's <laughs> it for the show. All right, there we go. Right, the Wyoming helmet. That's right. There we go. Corso. Shows you how big my head is. I can't even fit into a full-size <laughs> helmet. That-, <laughs> that is that is an awesome helmet. So, go yeah, I'm, go- I'm going with the Pokes. By the way, I never thought that why um, brown and yellow was a good combination until I actually went out there and saw that everybody wears brown and and yellow and or I'm sorry, yellow, yeah, brown and gold, brown and gold, and um, it really is not bad. So go pokes, they win big, like seventy five to nothing. Oh, hey, I like. All it. right, there you go. Noon tomorrow, Kansas State, Texas. Fox, you know, I careful Texas. They're only three and a half point favorites at home. It just it, it, what long ago, right? Oklahoma, Texas. Oh, they're going to play again in the Big Twelve Championship. Well, Oklahoma State, Kansas State this weekend are saying we might we, we have something to say about that. But how much will they say, Phil? Is viewers healthy? Mm-mm. No, no. If this game were in Manhattan, I would probably pick K-State. But uh, give me Texas. JC? Texas has won six in a row. But there was a time where K-State, even when they were not that good, won a bunch in a row. Uh, Texas sometimes struggles with these guys. It's always close. Man, I'm going to go with... uh, I'm going with Kansas State. Oh, right. there you go. I mean, the series is 13 10. So there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, even yeah. when Ron Prince was at Kansas State for those two awful years, they actually went to Texas and won by 20. So they, uh, they're they well coached and they're, they're due to win. I mean, I'm sorry for Texas, but they're due to win. And without yours, it's, it is, has been a little bit different, Texas team. It has been, but I think Texas will find a way. Something will happen, and they'll pull it off, and they'll they'll get out of there. They'll escape. It'll be a close loss for Kansas State. All right, Texas A&M is at Ole Miss tomorrow. We all well know somebody, quote, knows something I don't know. Ole Miss, only a three-point favorite at home. I'll leave this one off. Uh, We did pick it yesterday. I, I do think Ole Miss will end up covering that because they're playing at home. I think Ole Miss is kind of in a groove right now, and that top 10 ranking this week is uh, going to supply Lane Kiffin and those guys with a little extra steam. So I, I, I think they'll they'll win the game, and they'll, uh, as I pointed out yesterday, cover that three. JC? I'm going with the Aggies. I think I think when there is poop talked, sometimes that uh, you poke the bear and you get the claw. Mm. One claw. Bill? Uh, give me Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss. Yeah. Give me Ole Miss. You said Ole Miss yesterday, JC. Is that, uh, 
Are we gonna change that now? <laughs> no, That's I think right. he had. No. Oh yeah, he did have Ole Miss. Didn't he? he had Ole Miss covering yesterday, and they got A and M winning the game. What's, what are we doing here? Well, these uh, are, you know, we, we don't keep standing. Do we keep standings on these? No, yeah, not I'm, on I'm, but I'm not blowing y'all. I, it, we we were, but it got to the point where it was just embarrassing, so I quit doing it. I said Ole Miss would win, but not cover. I think something like that. So. <laughs> I'm changing my mind. Staying right. in the SEC at like noon, Ar- Arkansas's on the road at Florida. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. <laughs> Arkansas's looking for their first win in the SEC on the road. Do they get it, Phil? Yeah, I like it. Give me Arkansas. Oh, at noon. Oh, Give me a sleepy Florida team at noon in the swamp after that mm. sound beating they got in Jacksonville last week. I don't like the kickoff time for the Gators. I, I think it's going to be a very tight game. Um, like I said, whereas Dion's an idiot, I think, for changing play callers, uh, Pittman kind of made the same sort of weird thing because offense didn't seem to be the problem. But I think if they free up K.J. Jefferson, he's a difference maker. They've gone to LSU and almost won. They've gone to Alabama and almost won. They have experience, you know, being competitive. I'm going to have to go with the upset and the hogs. Wow. Well, it, it, this just wouldn't bode well. Uh, they got to go after this. Florida does on the road to LSU, on the road to Missouri, and then they host Florida State. So, uh, you know, they'd be looking to pull a stunner somewhere if they don't get this one. I'm going to go with the Gators. I think that they will get it at home. I think it'll be sloppy, uh, but I think Florida will will win. All right, scooting ahead a little bit to 3.30. A quick pick here. I mentioned Florida State. They've got a trip to Pittsburgh. Any chance that they fall asleep at the wheel before they walk out of there with a uh, win tomorrow night? Pitt Pitt looks so awful against Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, really, with the exception of the Louisville game, they've looked bad all year. It's a bad Um, Pitt team. It's not a good Pitt team, but it's not going to be warm. No. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they're at, uh, at, at the place the Steelers play. So uh, I think Florida State may have some anxious moments, but they're too good. I, I mean, they, look, they survived the Wake Forest uh, challenge last week. Uh, there'll probably be about as many people there at, at, in, in Pittsburgh. It's just going to be colder. So as long as they go up there and take care of business, they'll be fine. Yeah, these yeah. ACC these ACC Northeastern road trips always seem to scare the Knolls. I mean, remember mm-hmm. earlier this year they Boston they College, yeah. Boston College, yeah. They always have trouble up there. But I think Florida State, Pittsburgh's just not good, and Florida State is, and they'll win. Phil. Yeah, give me the Knolls. Yeah, this is not a good pit team. Where, where, where's yeah. this game being broadcast? <laughs> On ESPN. C W. The ESPN, ah, no, no. ESPN, yeah, Knowles, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gilmore Girls at three uh, thirty, opposite uh, Florida State and Pittsburgh is Penn State and like Mike Loxley in Maryland. The eleventh ranked Nittany Lions are eight and a half point favorites in College Park, Maryland on Fox tomorrow, looking for their first win. Since beating up on Indiana about a month ago, 44-17, to 17, they have since lost consecutive ball games to Ohio State, Illinois, and Northwestern. Do they get it mm. turned around here, guys? Man, mm. Penn, Penn State, I mean, you got to understand, this is, a, this is a sore subject for Maryland fans. 
Penn State's right up the road from them. You don't think about it, but they are, and they take players out of Maryland all the time. They used to play every year, and Penn State, I think, was something like 29-1 and against these guys. And now they're in the same league. Uh, one thing you can always count on, Penn State's going to beat Maryland. So I, I think Penn State wins. Yeah, yeah, give me Penn State as well. With you know, Maryland looks you know half decent at the beginning of the season and ends with a lackluster record as always. And if they don't, and the Florida job does come open, which I don't think it will, but if it does, I think James Franklin will go after that job with everything he's got because if Penn State doesn't have a breakthrough this season, that they're going to start to not appreciate James Franklin up there. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's certainly something to keep our eyes on. All right, in the ACC at 3.30 on the ACC Network, 13th-ranked Louisville will host Virginia Tech. And while that may be written off as no big deal, oh, I don't think so. They are right now 2-3 and three in the ACC standings. The winner of this game will be firmly in second place behind Florida State and have a leg up on playing in the title game. Virginia Tech just 4-4 four and four overall. But three and one in the league, they've gotten it turned around since a rough start. Louisville, seven and one overall. Their only loss, we mentioned how bad Pitt was. Somehow they fell to them on the road up there a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what to expect in the ballgame. I'm going to take Louisville to win because they're at home. But I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Virginia Tech keep playing well and get a nice win here. JC? Virginia Tech, it's like, how good are they really? Uh, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Louisville. I, I, I think, I think this little rebellion in Blacksburg is going to come to an end quickly uh, because I, I just don't think they're very good. I think Louisville is. Uh, I don't know what happened against Pitt, but uh, you know, I, I'll take uh, the Cardinals. Still, give me the Hokies. Oh. Yeah, I'm going for it. I'm riding this train until it kicks me off. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be honest, Phil. Phil has been ta- Phil's been talking about Virginia Tech for longer than we have. Like Phil, Phil first brought the Hokies up a couple weeks ago, so I, I got to give him credit. And, and I like Virginia Tech's probably like my second favorite team. I don't. I I, I pull for them. I'm a fan, but I, I just I just don't think I mean, it's. Uh, I I just think I think it's the. I think it's the end of the road. We'll see if Phil's right or not. We will see. All right. uh, Tomorrow night at 7 on ESPN, uh, the Big 12 will be showcased um, from Ames, Iowa. The old saying, you don't just walk into Jack Trice Stadium and walk out of there with a win. Although Kansas is going to hope to do that. Iowa State, though, is coming in winners of three consecutive ballgames. Kansas is coming in off of a bye week and previously a five-point win over Oklahoma. Iowa State sits at 4-1 and one along five other teams in the Big 12, and then there are the Jayhawks at 3-2. and two. It's a bundled mess up there. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kansas State, all guys 4-1. and one. Those three wins, by the way, for Iowa State, TCU, Cincinnati, and Baylor. Nothing really that impressive thus far. So who wins this one? Oh, JC, Phil, I don't care. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, Iowa State's on a bit of a heater, but I, I think uh, I think Kansas douses that here. I'm going with Iowa State. Oh, because oh. I mean, Kansas is coming off that big win, and I mean, two really good coaches, though. I mean, I, I think 
Matt, Matt, Matt Campbell, they lost to Ohio at home earlier this year, and he's turned it around. So, good coach. I agree. I think Iowa State tomorrow night at home. Again, you don't just walk into Kansas Stadium and get a win. Phil, you know better than that. Iowa State will pull it out against the Jayhawks, and that will knock Kansas out of the top 25 next week when they release the playoff rankings. BYU is at West Virginia tomorrow night. That's such a strange game. Can you imagine flying in from Brigham Young University to Morgantown, West Virginia, and see a bunch of furniture burning out in the, on the sidewalk? I don't know. Uh, BYU is two and three, five and three. West Virginia three and two, five and three. Both of them are trying to get to a bowl game. Both of them are one shy of getting to that bowl game. The last time BYU stepped on the field, they were thumped by the Longhorns, thirty-five to six. West Virginia has had a strange year as well. They did beat UCF last week, but remember that really weird loss at Houston, the, the Hail Mary, and then another Hail Mary, and then got on, well, whatever. But do they win against BYU tomorrow night at home? I'll leave this one off. I think that they do. They'll be burning furniture again to keep warm in Morgantown. JC? Give me the Mormons. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm, and, I, I, I'm going. Uh, I'm, I'm going Mountaineers here. To uh, I just want to see the angst and consternation of that fan base when it looks like it's going to be, you know, that you, maybe you shouldn't fire Coach Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Make Jesus. it to a bowl game and and just watch them agonize. <laughs> that's exactly right because I think that's exactly what they want to do. Uh, but yeah, right. they might yeah. not be getting their way here no. uh, <laughs> if they win tomorrow. All right, in the SEC tomorrow night, Kentucky is at Mississippi State. Blue Power Road game in the SEC. Wildcats, four-and-a-half-point favorites. If they win, they're in. Bowl season, five and three. They've certainly been struggling after getting off uh, to what was a 5-0 and start. Three straight losses. Dogs, Missouri, Tennessee. JC, do they beat Cowbell tomorrow? I think it's close, but I think I think Kentucky will pull it out. I think uh, now these teams play every year, and usually the home team wins. Uh, I just, you know, how much does Mississippi State have in the tank? Uh, you know, can Kentucky's defense uh, hold them down? I, I don't, I don't know, but my my mind, I'm going to go against my mind here because my mind thinks Mississippi State's going to win, but I, I, I'm going to go with Kentucky because I, I've made a lot of picks today that uh kind of i'm living on the edge a little bit so i'm gonna i'm gonna take what i think could be a layup and kentucky about like a field goal phil give me the home team i'm, I'm going with mississippi state kentucky's a four and a half point favorite i'm going with mississippi state too uh i i think that they'll get it done i think it's a big game for zach arnett uh the wildcats look if you lose this one Ooh. They got Bama coming to town next week, and then they come to Columbia, and then they've got to go to Louisville. Uh, let's just say if they lose out, uh, I don't care when they renewed Mark Stoops' comments up there. Everybody talks about how they love football in, in bluegrass country, right? They ain't going to be happy after starting 5-0 and 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 finishing with seven straight losses if that actually happens. Well, their so, schedule—I mean, their full schedule formula isn't going to work this year. No, it won't work. That's right. <laughs> people, people will be tired of it. I'm taking Mississippi State in hopes of that. 
All right. Uh, Washington is at Southern Cal tomorrow night. 7.30, ABC. Can the Huskies get it done, J.C.? They've been living so dangerously, guys. Uh, some just says Southern Cal for me on this one. I, I, and I hate it because I really don't like Caleb Williams. Uh, I really don't like how they recruit players off of other teams' rosters. <clears throat> uh, I really don't like that. I don't really don't like the fact they don't play defense. Uh, and I love Southern Cal as a program. I mean, I'm, I'm a closet Trojan. But uh, I, and I think they win tomorrow night. But uh, and that pains me to say because uh, – you know, I like everything about Washington better. But uh, I, something just tells me you, you live dangerously like that two weeks and you play a really good team it, at their place. You know, G- give me Southern Cal. I'm going with Washington. The, the Southern Cal should not have won last week against California. They got beat at home by Utah a couple of weeks ago by two points. They barely beat Arizona at home by two points. Michael Penix and Caleb Williams tomorrow night. Who wants it more? Penix wants it more. They win. Yeah, it'll be a good bounce back game for Penix against a team that plays no defense. So I'm going Washington too. Yeah, Washington, 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 Washington. All right, final few games here. Notre Dame, Clemson, noon tomorrow. ABC. Bring your own guts, version two, maybe for Dabo Sweeney, who's had a rough week yelling at his fans. Who wins, JC? What's the weather like in the upstate, Phil? It's supposed to rain tomorrow? Chilly. But no rain? Possibility of rain up here, I think. That won't bother me. Let me look. Let me look. Give me just a sec. They play in South I don't think it'll matter to Notre Dame. They'll be running crazy. No, no. I'll I'll make the first pick. Notre Dame wins. BYU. Yeah. yeah, Clear. Clear and cool. Crisp afternoon kickoff at the Valley. 70 is the high. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 70. Yeah, about 53. Well, well, no, it's seventy. It's seventy when the game's over. It'll be climbing as they uh, progress through this noon kick. And it's it's only been cold up here for the last week. So, look, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Notre Dame, but it could be very very close. Bill, uh, yeah, I'm going Notre Dame too. I, I think uh, Dabo's little rant. While I can appreciate where it's coming from, and you know, it's stuff you'd love to say to the boosters. The one thing that really caught my ear with all that was he kept saying, I, 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 and I don't think that a team that is reeling really wants to hear the word I from their head coach. (laughs) I'm with y'all. Notre Dame wins. That's smart, Uh, yeah. Last couple of years, uh, it's been big games for Sam Hartman against Clemson. All right, uh, quickly here, Georgia, Missouri tomorrow. Can Missouri hang in there with the dogs at 330 and take the lead in the SEC East? J.C.? I'll make it quick. No. <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, I'm yeah. with y'all. I think Georgia. I but think Missouri but, hangs in there for a while. I, I had to think about it. Yeah. But Georgia. Georgia wins. Alabama and LSU tomorrow night. I'll lead this one off as well. I've got LSU. I think that Jaden Daniels is uh, It's going to be up to the Alabama defense. Jaden Daniels is the better quarterback. LSU, they'll get it. They get it tomorrow night. Brian Kelly, 2-0 against Saban since he joins the SEC. Phil? I think the sleeping Bama is waking up and is going to begin imposing its will on the balance of its schedule. So, give me Bama. JC? Brian Kelly went to LSU so he could compete with Alabama, right? Uh, I get all that. I get that LSU's a good offensive team. I just think Bama's defense 
people are kind of sleeping on them. Uh, and I think that unlike the Texas game where Bama was kind of feeling its way on offense, they've kind of gotten into, gotten, gotten into something. They're a more confident football team now. Give me Alabama. I don't know that they'll cover, but give me Alabama. And finally, Jacksonville State, South Carolina. Uh, I've got Carolina, the Gamecocks, our version of the Gamecocks. I think tomorrow will be a nice day for them. I think there will be some heart burn in the first quarter here and there. They'll get it together. They'll win. And that will be one of four in November. At the end of the day, I know I'll be right when I say this. The Gamecocks will win. Phil? <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> no, I, I, you got to – this is the final push, right? This is what – we've seen this, these little this, – this culture come through in the seasons over the past two years over Beamer. Uh, you got to start this snowball at the top of the hill tomorrow, rolling all the way down the hill to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with more force. I think uh, I think the good guys win. I think they do it in a handy fashion. Give me a 45-24. All right. And finally, JC. Yeah, getting get the Gamecocks, uh, I think it would be a lot like the Furman game, like a 56-21 kind of thing. Uh, I, I think Carolina will uh, – Mario will get going and they won't be able to stop him, and that'll open things up that field. Super yeah. Mario. Gamecocks win yeah. South Carolina yeah. tomorrow. I mean, it could be 21-7 Jacksonville State after the first quarter. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to scare the bejesus out of everybody for a little while, but uh, eventually okay. talent wins out. Hey, y'all remember Sanford and Furman a couple years ago, right? I mean, Sanford and Florida a couple years ago. Yep, Sanford yep. was up 35 nothing and lost. <laughs> so, Whoa, the, these, these teams can't always hang. No. <laughs> it's always easy to hang when Eric Church is playing. He'll take us home here on a wonderful mm-hmm. Friday afternoon. Safe travels wherever you head. Don't forget your chicken cock and your Dixie vodka. Dixie vodka is good in the morning, especially when you put in a Bloody Mary. Mary. Thanks to Michael Flint, and as always, thanks to Schubert and Mad Dog. John Whittle and Pat DeMarco will help us lead it off on Monday at 11. We'll see you then. Built by the Barndo Co., from the Sinorama Studios inside the Gamecocks, the show. Have a great weekend.